Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. And away we go with another Sports Cage. Hope you're doing well. Riders back in the practice field. We'll have plenty of rider audio and CFL and football talk. You can weigh in on some of the hockey stories we'll get to as well today. 936-6262, the number to call locally. one 866 is the uh, long-distance toll-free number. We always welcome your calls. I don't get to do call-in shows anymore after games, so I like to converse with you. You can always do it via text, too, at 936-6262. That is the uh, number to text brought to you by the Capital Auto Group. And all our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Get it hot, get it fast at Western Pizza. We only have Monday. We don't have many spots open at all in this show. We do have Mondays and Wednesdays that aren't sponsored. We did this last week, and a couple of people were impressed when we mentioned their business, that they got people reaching out to them. So this first hour, let's try something. If you have a business and you'd like me to promote it, you can be the unofficial first-hour sponsor of the show just to see how radio works. Then maybe you'll sign up and pay for some advertising for real here on the number one sports show in the province. And we also have Harvard Media, which is digital. So I'm sure they could uh, hook you into a combo package, all right? So, 936-6262. Let's uh, give us uh, your business and where they can get a hold of you, and we'll give you a shout-out. We'll pick one, okay? Hey, Zinger, this is on the fly. I don't care. Is it pick the score day? Do we have a pick the score? I can tell you. In, in about 10 seconds? Yeah, I'll tell okay. you. Okay. While you do that, uh, you Maybe all, even quicker, but I can all, tell you right now. Is it? Today is pick the score. Okay, we'll get to that. A chance for you to win the Labor Day Classic tickets. You know that's going to happen some point in this game uh, day. It's pretty easy to just call in, pick the score. Uh, Do you live by the adage threes things happen in threes or third times the charm? I don't. Some people do. Yeah. So, um, do you believe that out there? Nine three six sixty two sixty two. And if you do, give me an example. Maybe recently. Now this is going to be negative for me. Uh, two what we uh two nights ago, so that would have been uh, Monday night, like at the end of Monday going into Tuesday morning. So about twelve thirty in the morning, I'm sitting in front of the Regina Airport. Okay, Tuesday morning, uh, to pick up my uh, significant other and her son who went on a trip to Nashville, kind of a grad gift for him. Nice. And I'm waiting, and I'm idling on the. I'm not in. I'm not in short term parking. Like I pulled up curbside, right, just to pick them up. And all of a sudden, I look up as I'm sitting, my head, my head buried in my phone, going in a YouTube dive. Dive. I'm watching the 2006 AFC Divisional Playoff game when the 14 and two San Diego Chargers hosting Tom Brady. Remember the Marlon McCree interception? If he just goes down, they probably go on to win the Super Bowl. But of course, San Diego Chargers doing San Diego Charger things. Anyway, I look up and I'm like, I smell smoke. I'm like, my brain can't be on fire. 
Oh, not, you might have been scared about something else. I'm not mad. I'm not mad because I've already been mad about this game way back when it happened. And I look up and my car's smoking. It it blew up like the it starts leaking coolant. So I have to call a tow truck at 1.30 in the morning. Then I take an Uber home because they send everybody else home because they have to work early in the morning. So it was not a great start to that day. Then today, Zinger, I'm in the basement working in my studio, in the lab, and I'm getting ready for the show, right? Because you just don't come here and throw a, an award-winning show every day together. You we, we you do your thing, I do my thing, we bring it together like Hogan and Savage. Ooh, yeah. Well, let me tell you, brother. Yeah. Anyway, so we got, uh, so I'm down there typing away, and all of a sudden I heard, smash! And I'm like, Holy crap, it's, did my cupboard, it sounded like a bunch of smash. Did my cupboard collapse? Did, did all the dishes fall out of the cupboard? And I sprint upstairs, I look around, and I'm like, no, that's fine. I look, okay, wait, I face the fourth hole of the Aspen Links golf course. And I love Aspen Links. I've played it myself. I've hit balls into people's backyards before. And I realize when you're on a public, not a private golf course, you will get more Michael balls than you will Tiger Woods, okay? So you gotta be, you gotta be wary of that. Balls will drop in your yard off your roof and everything. I've only lived at this house for three years. My girlfriend's lived there now going on 11. And it's the first time this ever happened. Somebody put a ball through my window. Now, not exactly right through my window, just broke one pane of glass. But it's funny. It wasn't on the, it wasn't on the side that faces the course, you know, like my big picture window. It was in between homes. So somebody, like on the side of my house. So somebody would have had to be, be one of the worst shots ever, like 10 times worse than me. And I'm a horrible golfer. Like they shanked that sucker. And I'm, I'm like, I'm almost at the 160-yard, 150-yard mark, like midway down that hole, fourth hole Aspen Links. And so I run up, I, I, I go to get, I go to say, hey, like, you know, maybe the guy's going to... Because I've done that before, too, where you shank it into somebody's backyard. And uh, I went golfing with my son and uh, Nathan, Crescinda's son, in the summer, and we... Um, we shank went into some guy's yard. It bounced off his deck. We went over because that's what you're doing. It's golf etiquette, right? Mm. So I'm I'm thinking these guys are going to stop, and they just wheel away. And I knew it was them because they didn't even, like, it's not like they hit it to the green. They just took off, and they were gone, and I couldn't. That was it. Did you holler? Yes. And they holler didn't, at them? No. And granted, it was 50-kilometer-an-hour winds. And once again, things happen. I get it. Okay? But... The least you could do is come over to the fence and say, "Hey, did I did my ball? Yeah, I shanked sucks. it." Yeah. So yeah, it was brutal. What did so. it sound like? Smash! Like 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 a like, gunshot. Like like literally glass. Like I had thought what happened was because we have the cupboards and you sometimes if you pile glass yeah. in the cups, maybe you didn't pile them right and they tipped over and opened the door and they smashed everywhere. That's what I thought. Two or three smashed. It was a rocket. Imagine if you were standing by that window. Well, is it possible for you to be standing by that? Like whereabouts? Oh yeah, no, the, no, it's yeah. right by my kitchen table. Yeah. I could have if if where I normally sit when I eat, it would if it would have come through, it would have hit me in the back of the head. Like it really would have. It would have crushed me in the back of the head. And listen, once again, I know I know things like this can happen because did you see that video that was viral where the guy lives by a golf course and then he sees the people golfing and so he pretends that it hit him in the hit him yeah. in the head and he lays down? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I, I have. So this was about two and a half weeks ago. I'm in my yard picking weeds and we have a chain link fence that that pushes up against the course. So you can 
this week. I'm not a big fan of chain link fences. <clears throat> Once again, I moved in late, but also it lets you see the course. It's a more wide open look. So whatever. So anyway, I'm bent over picking weeds and whoever shot the ball, it zinged off the top of the chain link fence with the tube, the black tube bounced and into the corner of my uh, yard. So I went and got the ball. It says this belonged to you. They're like, Oh my God, did I hit you? And I said, well, I should have laid on the ground and said you did, but they almost did. Jeez. So you understand what, like... Can you be careful? Wow. That, so what's the third thing? What is the third thing that's going to happen to me? That's the thing I'm a little concerned about. Let's just say, uh, stub your toe. That's something, it. Something minor. Yeah, yeah absolutely something. Toe. Well, my, my hot tub quit working the other day, too. I don't think it's broken. I just think I'm too stupid well, to there figure you go. it out. There, Maybe that's my three. three. It's done. That's my You're three. in the clear. That's my three. You're now, hopefully, clear, now, can... do, now, now, generally do three bad things. Are they followed up by three good things? Because I hope so. I hope so. If I, so those are my three. Let's go with that. Those are All my right. three bad things. My three good things. Um, my son's team wins this weekend in the home opener, and he has an outstanding game. Ethan One. Ball gets his first interception. That'd be awesome. But I understand you have him on the program coming up here. He's coming up on the program tomorrow. Nice. Number two, the Rough Riders not only beat the Blue Bombers, but absolutely Thrash destroy em. the Blue Bombers. Yeah. And number three, I almost did this back in the old days when you, when you, when they didn't have the electronic and you just paid by cash and they just ripped off tickets. I missed by two numbers. Like if I would have bought fifteen dollars worth of tickets instead of ten dollars worth of tickets back in the day at the t- or twenty dollars, I would have won the Ryder fifty fifty oh, at a Labor Day game. Wow. So I so that's what's going to happen to me. I I am confident. I'm going. They always say whatever you think's going to happen is going to happen. So Ethan's going to get a pick. Ethan's going to get a pick six. Pick six. The Riders are going to beat down the Bombers, and I'm winning the Rams fifty fifty draw. The Saskatchewan Rough Rider Foundation 50-50 draw, I guess is what it's called. So I'm, I'll get some of that, of course. Well, you're my brother, yeah, for sure. Man. I got you. You got you're my me. my brother, yeah, right. for sure. Okay. Uh, and I'll, then get, the, I'll get 80% And then let's it. be greedy. The Rams open up with a win over UBC. Yeah. Speaking of that, coaches poll is out. Yeah. The coaches poll is out, so that's where the coaches in the Can West pick who's going to do what. Now, last year, these don't mean a hill of beans. They're actually mostly bogus. Remember last year, the Rams were last. By Dead everybody, last. and they they uh, rose up and did well. So uh, right now, it's been picked. Scott Flory and the U.S. Huskies tied with UBC. Those are the teams that met in the Hardy Cup final. I would say I don't have a problem with that. No man, I Num- don't. Number three, the Manitoba Bisons, who were picked tenth in the nation, the national one. Number four, the Rams. Number five, Alberta. Number six, Calgary. I think Regina should be. Th- I think I think we're better than Manitoba. Call I think, me biased or what? I don't yeah, care. I yeah. think Manitoba has a technically a first year starting quarterback. He's yeah. came in relief before with Dennis Catelier's. I think down, it's. A, I think that's a. I think that's a coin flip one. Like I think that could be a coin flip. It could go either way. They're pretty tight there. But I would put both those teams ahead of Alberta. Yeah. If the Rams beat the Thunderbirds on Friday, you can you can you can bet your money that the Rams will be in the top ten uh, next it, week. Uh, they're going to have to uh, bring some extra pressure because I don't think the Rams are going to get there with just four guys against that O line. Yeah, they're going to the have to O line in the yeah, country. Yeah, it's 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 not even fair. That so, Benedict guy, yeah, he's like six foot five or six foot seven, maybe something. Yeah, I, yeah, he's a huge he's guy. He's just he's a monster. Absolutely, and don't they have? Un- uh, un- unbelievable. Giovanni M- Manu. Manu is one. Um, there's a couple others too. Like they're literally they have a great like their offense is going to be. They're so running good. backs good. I see a Knight, back. Yeah, yeah, and they got uh, Rooker. They got quarterback. Rooker back. Heard you're doing an interview with him too. Yeah, he's going to be on the pregame show on Friday. Nice. 
Can't wait to talk to him. He's from Texas. Oh, I don't give a crap. Are you talking to our quarterback? Oh, yeah. Noah Pelshe will kick off the broadcast. By the way, it's a 6.30 pregame show. We're going a half hour with Rams pregame shows now and a uh, 15-minute postgame show and all the action in between with that guy, Sean Kleisinger and Ryan Hall. Okay, the other thing I want to get to to start the show here is... um, there's a couple of hockey-related things. The Maple Leafs have signed head coach Sheldon Keefe to a multi-year extension. So uh, Sheldon Keefe back in the fold. Brad Tree Living gets his top player re-signed and Sheldon Keefe. How about this one? This is, might have a little bit of a lightning rod appeal to it. What is it? The uh, Lethbridge Hurricanes have hired former NHL coach Bill Peters as their head coach. The team announced on Wednesday, former head coach of the Flames. Uh, Peters resigned from the team in 2019 following allegations of racial abuse by Akeem Alou. Peters allegedly directed a racial slur towards Alou several times while the two were together in the AHL. At his press conference today, Peters said to Akeem, I apologize. He did it through tears actually. Uh, I did not recognize the impact of my words. I was uneducated in my use of inappropriate language. I take ownership of my actions. I regret my choice of words. I failed to create a safe space for the team. I'm deeply sorry. So he is apologetic. I believe everybody deserves a second chance. So um, good on the Lethbridge Hurricanes for doing that. Uh, the uh, Regina Pats, we had a Dante to carry on yesterday. We'll have their uh, general manager, Al Miller, to talk about training camp, which opens up this weekend over there at the... Uh, Cooperators. Cooperators, that's right. So right in the same area where Mosaic Stadium is, it's going to be a hub of activity there on the Labor Day long weekend. I think, I think you already mentioned Nathan, Nathan Rourke. No, I haven't I haven't yet. I wanted to save that a little okay. bit. but we'll I get, ruined it then, No, didn't okay, I? let's do it. Let's do it. That's fine. Before we get to... Uh, no, we better not. we got to get yeah. the Pete Pass. Let's get to Pete Pasco, and we'll talk about Nathan Rourke, too. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Let's get to it. Pete Pasco joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. He's the host of our halftime huddle. He'll be in the booth at halftime. Labor Day Classic Riders and the Blue Bombers. He's also um, host of Locker Talk, which uh, starts up in the fall here once again on Access Now with uh, Mitch Blair, him and uh, Mitch doing that show. And uh, he is also a coach at Sheldon Williams. That's where we're going to start here, uh, Pete. Oh, and by the way, yeah? great choice of intro music. If I could have selected it, that would have been the one. Yeah, I love it, man. I should have let it go longer, actually. We usually let that go longer. I apologize. I just want to... Football pump-up song. Yeah, it is a great... It is great. It's actually right there. It's a coin flip between uh, uh, that one or Welcome to... The, no, Welcome to the Jungle. But the kickers... Also good. But the kickers got... The kickers always F that up because they forget to wait till the... And then they kick the ball, right? They always kick it before uh, Axel goes... You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about, right, Pete? Like the man once said, idiot kickers. Idiot kickers. Hey, so let's talk high school football. You're coaching Sheldon. Um, uh, how do you think you're going to fare uh, in that division and, and shape up that uh, side of the ledger for me in high school football? What is that, 5A now? That is 5A, yep. So uh, the smaller high schools in the bigger cities, Regina and Saskatoon primarily. Uh, a little bit of Weyburn and the Moose Jaw League. Uh, for our league in Regina, the Green All Griffins, defending champs. Uh, they're now the two-time or three-time defending champs. Um, so you got to pencil them in as the number one seed. 
We've been to the last two city finals, but we've had a fair amount of turnover in the off season. So I don't know. I'd probably put us at two, but with a pencil. A hmm. um, couple of teams that have been struggling. I'm hoping they'll take a bit of a step forward. Uh, the Tom Trojans, uh, they look like they're doing all the right things, so they should be better. And uh, Balfour, Balfour Bears, they've, uh, yeah, they've had some uh, issues in terms of uh, keeping a coaching staff, but it looks like they've got a fair bit of continuity, so hopefully they'll be better. Those are the two teams that have been at the bottom of the standings. And then you've got Martin slash Luther, those two schools combined their team. They're uh, they're in the middle, along with uh, Johnson Wildcats. We we opened the season against Johnson, and we uh, knocked them off in the semifinal last year, so I'm assuming they'll be pretty pumped to play us. That's awesome, man. Uh, I love high school football. It's uh, uh, there's nothing like it. You get like all your years playing football or coaching football. There's nothing like high school football. I don't care what level you get to. If you even ask these pro guys, they'll say there's nothing like you know. Well, down south is like Friday night lights, but there's nothing like a good Friday night football game, even in Regina. Oh, for sure. And I mean, uh, this is the last level before guys start to get pretty serious start looking at pro careers maybe some egos start to come into play a little bit so i don't know i think high school is probably like the purest level of amateur football yeah you're right absolutely where politics not so much involved uh so pete on the other side lebol this has been uh, always around it but we know the last little bit it's been miller uh you know uh do a prognostication for me on that side simple uh put miller at number one uh, i'll even use uh indelible ink i'll use a pen for that one okay they're 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 the team to beat in the province uh they're two-time defending provincial champions they ran the table last oh so uh they're the team to beat okay labolas um, what about labolas how are they going to be i'm going to lump labolas riffle and believe it or not winston Knoll in the two to four category. I don't know which one's going to finish where, but I believe those are the three teams that'll finish there. And then it's a case of um, O'Neill. And I know I'm forgetting somebody. Eh, it'll come to me. Yeah, Campbell. I'll, I'll keep talking. Campbell. Those O'Neill. Those will be the five and six teams. Yes, Campbell and O'Neill. Yes. Campbell and O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, Pete, uh, I want to get to this uh, before I let you go with regards to uh, high school football. Uh, this is the one thing that I don't know why it hasn't been addressed, but it is, it, it's unfair, man. In, in separate schools, and I'm a Catholic, so my kids went to a separate school. They went to Riffle. Uh, uh, but they don't have any boundaries. Like you, can, you could live in North Regina and go play at Miller, as far as I know. Like you, what I'm getting at is it's unfair. Like Miller's, Miller, as far as I know, and LaBolas did it in the past, they get players that weren't living around their area where you guys are restricted now in the public schools, and that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think it's real unfair. So when I see Miller do all this, they've got great players and a great program, sure, but I put an asterisk by it. I think Certainly speaking from the, the public schools, my son also uh, Catholic high school, played football for Catholic high school. Um, I think just a level playing field would be nice. I mean, we've got uh, school boundaries that are enforced in the public school system. And there's a rule which I don't think ever really gets enforced. But it's basically a, a matter of if an athlete has played uh, high school sports, any sport, football, hockey, whatever, for a high school and then switches schools, they have to sit out a year. But uh, like I said, that's never enforced. That might probably go a long way towards mm-hmm. leveling things off a little bit. But yeah, I mean, uh, 
what the heck if you're a, if you're a young football player who maybe has aspirations of playing post secondary or beyond, why wouldn't you look at one of the stronger programs if you're not bound by boundaries? Yeah, it makes no sense. Okay, I'll let you go because you got to go to practice here with Sheldon. But before I let you go, do you got a prediction on the big Labor Day contest? Fifty eighth Riders Blue Bombers. Oh boy, this is one the Riders should win. I, I honestly believe that Winnipeg's look good. I mean, they ha- they have a strong record, but they're not the dominant Blue Bombers that we've seen in past years. So I think, and fully anticipating that things don't go well when they go to Winnipeg the following week, I think the Riders need to win this week, and I think they're capable of it. Pete, have a good day of practice. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. We'll talk to you on the airwaves here on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Thanks. Take, take care. Pete Pasco joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. We'll be back with more of the Sports Cage in a moment on 620 CKRM. All right, we are back with your sports ticker. It's 3.33 p.m. and the Toronto Blue Jays have defeated the Washington Nationals this afternoon. 7 to nothing, the final score, so the Jays needed that. The Jays take the series from the Nationals, but they need some help going forward here because if you look at the wildcard standings right now, it's not looking pretty. Going mm-hmm. into play today, three and a half games backward, the Toronto Blue Jays. But uh, the Texas Rangers and Houston Astros, they keep winning, so the Jays need some help if they're going to be making Yeah, the so uh, their uh, radio voice, Ben Wagner, will join us at some point today, probably in the five o'clock hour. Hey, uh, Nathan Rourke clearing waivers. He um, signed a practice roster agreement with the Jacksonville Jags. Now, um, people have called me insane on Twitter and <laughs> uh, and other uh, places because I'm one of those guys that says, here's what I'm going to say. I think if you're a CFL team, you should be getting your ducks in a row and loading up for Nathan Rourke next year, for sure the year after. Like, But uh, I don't know, man. I want him to succeed. You know that, Zinger. I've been a friend of his for, for a while. I've been on the Nathan Rourke train for a long time. Always returns our calls and texts. Uh, I just, I think the guy's going to get screwed. And it has nothing to do with being a Canadian. That's not what I mean. He... Uh, I just, I, think, I just think they want a counselor as a backup quarterback. They don't want a guy that wants to compete. So he's going there. He's signing a practice roster deal. I know Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke wants to play. Do you honestly think, as an NFL guy fan, you think he's going to get the play? I don't. Uh, if I were to put money on not it, not this I'd year. I'm just no. thinking general. Do you think he's going to show? No, I don't think. I don't think so. And it's such a waste of talent for him to be on a practice roster. Just come, come back up. Now here. he goes to Jackson. The waters are warm. Nathan now, Rourke. now he goes to Jacksonville, and I get the fact that. He's one twisted ankle away from actually getting on a roster, which is a million dollars. And then who knows if you get on the field. So I get it. I get it for this year. But I, I don't know, man. I can't see, you know, and people will say, people will say, well, he's a, he's not a drafted guy. Like he's not a, he's not a draft pick. And it's a long shot to make it as an undrafted free agent. If you, if you say that, then you clearly don't understand football. You clearly just rant and say stupid things without actually knowing what you're talking about. Because over half, over half, over 50% of the NFL is undrafted free agents. Mm. Over half of them. So don't give me this, he wasn't a draft pick, that's why he's not. Yeah, there is politics. And that is, they, they signed Bethard for, because he's a veteran guy. Wing ding, what's he play? How many snaps has the guy taken? People, like, give me know a break. The, people know there's just seven 
rounds in the draft, right? NFL draft. People know that, right? So like yeah. that's like seven players, give or take. Yeah. So yeah, he's. A, he, but but apparently, if you're if you're a dra- undrafted guy, it's a long shot you make the team. No, uh, I I want the kid to make it more than anybody. I want him to uh, chase his dreams absolutely. If that's what he wants to do, be on the practice roster for two hundred sixteen thousand dollars American and have a chance to get on the roster. I guess so, but. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with coming up to the CFL. If he came today, prorated contract, he'd make 700 large. He'd be the highest paid player in the league because he'd be the best player in the league. Even better than Zach Kalaros. I don't care about the resume. He'll come in here. He'll be a $700,000 quarterback. You don't think Amar Dolman's going to hook him up with off-field stuff? That's why BC's always going to have the inside track. But if I'm Craig Reynolds sitting right now on Elphinstone Street in my office in the nicest stadium in the league, I've got Trevor Harris here, and I love Trevor Harris. I think Trevor Harris is a good dude, and he's the second-best quarterback in the league when he's healthy. He's also 37 years old. If you have a chance to get a guy that's a franchise guy, I don't care if you pay him 750 get him a house, get him three cars, do whatever it takes, go over the cap like the Bombers did and like the Argos did. They both cheated and they made it to the Grey Cup. The money you'd spend on Nathan Rourke plus the fine, you would have back in sellouts, season ticket sales, and jersey sales. It wouldn't be, it, it's a no-brainer. Put, get it, get it, get your money all lined up because at the very latest, he'll be back here in 2025. But I wouldn't be shocked if he's back here next year because the dude's getting screwed. CHI St. Alexius Health Williston Foundation is proud to present Clay Walker and our first annual Hometown Healing Charity Concert with special guest Ben Haggard. Saturday, September 9th, 2023 at the Williston Arc. Funds raised from this charity concert will stay in Williston and will go towards completing our expansion and revival projects. Tickets are going fast. Get yours now at claywalker.com. It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Just endeavoring to get a hold of Don Hewitt. Uh, Sean's got fat fingers. That's probably politically incorrect to say, but I just did. Uh, Sean's getting a hold of Huey. Huey's Heroes and Zeros. We do it every, uh, we try to do it every Tuesday. We're doing it on a Wednesday. Still to come, Waldo's Warriors after 4.30. Paul Waldo checks in with who he thinks is going to be the top offensive, defensive, and special teams guy. We'll hear from Coach Craig Dickinson, some other rider audio, Farhan Lalji, and Scott Flory, too, previewing the two-time defending Hardy Cup champion U of S Huskies opening their season against Manitoba in Winnipeg, I believe. That's a long bus ride. Whew, that's a gross one. That's actually really gross. Manitoba's the worst. You know, another reason why Winnipeg sucks. Like, like think about that. When the ice played, look at all the travel they had. Look at all the travel the Brandon Wheat Kings have. Look at the travel the Bisons have. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, they're the furthest team that east is in the gro- conference. That is Nobody gross. That is gross. There. And that's the thing about Winnipeg. Who... Nobody in the East cares about them, and nobody in the West cares about them. They got mosquitoes and a crappy NHL team. Hey, you'll like this, and Don Hewitt will like this too. The worst thing about 
Bomber fans, that makes them even worse. As What's a, that? a large majority of them are Minnesota Viking fans. Ah. <laughs> Isn't that Don's favorite team? <laughs> Huey, you're a that's a you're a do you have a do you have a Vikings game you line up or what? Well, actually, that's interesting what Zinger said, and he's absolutely correct. Uh, when I went to the Vikings home opener uh, last September to see uh, the Vikes and the Green Bay Packers, uh, of course, I drove uh, home and decided to go up through Winnipeg and and across, and there was a pile of uh, Manitoba plates that uh, you know were coming back from the game. Uh, many Viking jerseys could be seen. Uh, so it's true. I mean, you've got what do you got? About what a six, seven hour, no, seven hour drive. Yeah, roughly. I think from yeah. Winnipeg to Minneapolis. Yeah, rough. Uh, yeah, about Not seven. Yep. Yeah, yeah, about yeah, less than Regina, Calgary, and there were quite a few cars on the road. Okay, yeah, Huey. Let's get to it. Heroes and zeros. Let's go with your zeros first. Zero number one is. Zero number one, Gary Bettman and the NHL allowing Russians to once again uh, play this season in the NHL. Now, Russia has absolutely destroyed the country of Ukraine. They've murdered children by probably the thousands. And, uh, you know, there are some things, believe it or not, guys, that are more important than Gary Bettman's wallet. Mm. And no doubt, uh, you know, some of these Russian NHL players are good guys. They're good people. Not about them, but there's something much more important at stake. And there has to be a little more symbolism going on here with the Russians playing in the NHL. So, you know, my, my view of Gary Bettman, really, and you feel free to disagree, is that he'll always take a dollar over doing the right thing. I mean, I, he's I, just I, business, business, business. Yeah. And uh, he's done a great job in, in hockey. He's done a great job with the owners. He's made millions and millions. But I personally think that the Russians should not be playing in the NHL. I... Um... I, I generally don't like Gary Bettman, uh, but I'll not just because it's good radio, but I am going to disagree with you. Like it's not Ovechkin nope. or any of these guys' fault that uh, no. that Putin did no. that. And so, if Bettman did do what you're suggesting, it would open him up. It would open the NHL up to a lot of lawsuits. So he'd never, they'd never go do that. But I get, I get your angst, and I get the war's never good either way. It's uh, it, it's not good at all. No doubt about that. What's your hero? Are you right about? Yeah, go ahead. You're no. right about the lawsuits for sure, but I think they should do it anyway. Yeah, they won't because of things like you say the lawsuits and the mm-hmm. players' association. But I still think one way or another they should. I think I think a bigger zero. I think a bigger zero is letting fighting remain in hockey. I know people will tell me to give my man card back. I think at this point in huh. NHL, in this point, what we know about CTE and everything, fighting is no longer needed. It's absolutely stupid. Well, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the Quebec Junior Hockey League mm. this winter because I've always maintained, guys, that if you call the game like you do in Europe, if you call it tighter and absolutely nothing near the head, nothing with sticks, nothing, you're off immediately. If you could call it to the actual rule book and tighter, like, say, the you know NBA does, for example, yep. uh, you don't need fighting, but they don't call the game like that. The way they call the game right now... I think you need fighting because you can have guys running around doing well. That 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 is true, and I, I yeah, I've said that too. If they call if they call it like they should call it all the time, not just the regular season but the playoffs, you wouldn't need it. Okay, uh, zero number two, yep. Don Hewitt. Zero number two, Blue Jays upper management. <laughs> uh, I think they won today, but they're still three and a half games back of the final wild card spot, despite spending 
an absolutely huge pile of dough. Like, you take a look at the much, much better Baltimore Orioles built their team, their current team, with their farm system. Well, the Blue Jays, they can't develop their own pitchers. Check this out. 26-man payrolls for the Blue Jays. 26-man payroll. $182 million. Baltimore, 51. <laughs> and they're a much better team. Like, like it, it, and Mark Shapiro, a president and CEO, and Ross Atkins, his buddy as general manager, have done nothing in Toronto as far as I'm concerned when you take a look at a payroll like that. And owner, Edward Rogers, I think he has to wake up and smell the bloody coffee. John Schneider, I don't think was a good pick for management. And if they give Vlad Guerrero a whole pile of money and you take a look at what he's doing right now, they're fools. Well, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna piggyback. I'm gonna piggyback you here. My zero in baseball is the. uh, I don't know who he is, but it's the whoever's running as the general manager of the Los Angeles Angels. They didn't trade. They did not trade Shohei Otani. He wrecks his elbow, unfortunately. So they're not going to get what they would have got. And now they made all those trades. They kept Shohei. Made all the trades to try to make the playoffs. And did you see today? They got rid of Lucas Giolito, relievers Dominic Leone, Matt Moore. Ronaldo Lopez and outfielders Hunter Redfro and Randall Gritchick. So he made all these trades and they got rid of all the guys. That's a zero. We're up against the clock here, well, Huey. Yeah. Let's go the to your... Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, That's yeah. they were doing until this year. They finally yeah. made the sign a few places. Anyway, you're up against the clock. Yeah, let's go to Hero. Okay. Who's one hero? Hero. Well, um, right now, just, a, uh, just on a side note, Ryder fans, it looks like they're selling out Labor Day again. There's only a scattering of single seats. They'll probably announce it like they did last week on Friday, but Ryder fans, way to go. You're selling out another Labor Day game, but number one hero is uh, Trey Ford, the Canadian quarterback, top-rated quarterback in the entire CFL the last two weeks, led the Elks, as you well know, gentlemen, to two straight wins after the team started at 0-9 and helped the Elks break their horrendous 22-game losing streak at home and passed for 317 yards and they went over Ottawa of course, the first win at home for Edmonton since, what is it, October 2019. But Trey yeah. Ford, you love him, Ballsy, even though he's an elk because he's a Canadian, sort of, unless they're playing the Riders. Yeah, absolutely. And they're uh, they're very much in the mix. If they can beat Calgary two games in a row, that game against Saskatchewan will be an interesting one back here. Boy, the pressure on the Stampeders in that two-game series is immense. Mm-hmm. This is this is actually the closest I can think of of a of a Edmonton Calgary series for that back to back in a long time. I know it's because they're both pretty bad, but yeah, yeah, no, no, it's going to be very interesting. The whole the whole weekend is going to be the whole Labor Day. All all the games are going to be very yeah. interesting in their own different ways. And uh, what do you got for your last zero, Don Hewitt? No, my last hero, I think. Yeah, I meant hero. hero sorry, no. I meant hero. Okay, I meant okay. hero. Well, the formation of the uh, PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League, which will start playing January, that's a real hero. Uh, it'll be like any other pro league with a draft, free agency trades and whatnot. Uh, seems to have a lot of backing. Uh, six teams will remind some of us old parts about the NHL's <laughs> original six. I think what they got Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Minneapolis, St. Paul, New York, and Boston. Mm-hmm. I think their draft goes September 18th. Training camps open November 13th. So why shouldn't the best women hockey players make money? Apparently their salary range is 
between 35 and 80, so that's a decent start. And if you take a look at the WNBA and what they're doing and how they're expanding and making more and more money and getting more attention and better crowds and better ratings, why shouldn't uh, women hockey players have a chance to do the same thing? I, I don't disagree, Don, but I don't know about sticking it like in Montreal and Toronto and Boston and where they're going to get swallowed up. Like, why not smaller satellite cities when they might get more focused? Do you know what I mean? Well, that that I couldn't even answer. I don't know. We will know probably, you know, this spring when it's, when it's done. I mean, uh, it's hard to say, uh, but I know, you know, if you take a look at, say, what, Toronto drew for the WNBA game and how quickly they sold that game out. We'll see. There's more people, and they're all hockey areas to a certain degree. They're all where hockey is popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Makes sense. That's the point or not later. Hey, Huey, we got tw- uh, 30 seconds or less. Rider score. What's it going to be? Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Well, I'm calling the upset. I'm calling an upset. Saskatchewan's going to win the first game uh, here in. in, in Mosaic Stadium. Well, let's see what's the score. Twenty-eight, twenty-six, Saskatchewan. I think I just smell it. I smell a crazy upset. Awesome, man. Hey, by the way, you weren't golfing at Aspen Links around nine thirty this morning, were you? No, no. But I, I heard what happened. Oh. I, unless I hit it all the way from the Tor Hill. <laughs> 50-year-old Don Hewitt could, not this guy. Hey, uh, thanks, no, for your, no. thanks for your time, man. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Take care. That's Don Hewitt, great contributor on the show, and he'll be on our... Oh, he won't be on the pregame show this week. He's out of town, so Don Hewitt will be missing in action this week, uh, taking care of some family stuff. We'll be back with more of the sports cage. Hey, call me, 936-6262, a favorite Labor Day memory. We'll get you on the air, 936-6262, Here on the sports cage on 620 CKRM. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the Sports Cage. Got a couple of callers on hold. Let's go to Ian. Ian on the Western Pizza Hotline. What do you got there, Ian? Uh, I want to agree with Don Hewitt about his comments on Russian hockey players. And I will go back to, maybe it was last year, and this isn't I Love Your Show, Michael, but when you said... Ovechkin, I can't wait till he beats Gretzky's record. Mm-hmm. I was furious. What? And he keeps saying Ovechkin will not deny his president. He's my president. He's my president. He's my president. Mm-hmm. I'm Scottish. My family, my wife is from the Ukraine, and they've lost family there. And what Ovechkin stands for, supporting his president, and what they're doing to that country, I support Don, his comments, and I was absolutely disappointed when you couldn't wait for Ovechkin to beat our great Gretzky. I was so disappointed. I love you. I love your show. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time that you disappointed me, and I listen to your show every day. I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Ian, but, I still, but I'll stand by that statement. It's not Ovechkin's fault that Putin's doing this. I, hate that. I, I agree. And, with and, 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 Ian, 
You live in Canada. You don't live in Russia. So there's got he's over here. He's got family over there. Putin's a wingnut. He may he's not going to change his profile picture and he's not going to say anything against Vladimir Putin because he doesn't want his family dead. And Ian, whether you want to admit it or not, and I love you too for listening to me, you would absolutely do the same thing. No, no, no. I absolutely you, wouldn't. You wouldn't. You, you, Ovechkin's you, got more in my than God himself. He's got his family all pulled out i disagree ovechkin needs to stand up and take and don hewitt is right russian players should be banned from the nhl and that's the end of it we're going to agree to disagree michael okay, yeah. love your show Thanks. and i support you 100 percent but ovechkin and russians should not be playing in the nhl well i respect your opinion thanks appreciate it thank you i i i don't think it's any it's not an athlete's fault i think it's ridiculous that we're banning them from olympics and everything it has nothing to do with the athlete it's not Sorry, but it's not Peter Pepervovsky's fault that Vladimir Putin's an idiot. It's not his fault. And I'd be scared, you know whatless, if my family was over there or anybody I knew over there. I'd just shut my mouth. I wouldn't change it. Like, come on. No. I don't care how much money you got. You're not going to beat a wingnut with nuclear weapons who could just go into a... You just said it yourself, Ian. He's slaughtering kids. What is he, he's going to... I can't help it that he's slaughtering kids. He's slaughtering kids. It's terrible. But... Uh, I don't know, man. I I'll tell you straight up right now. I'll tell you straight up right now. I would n- I would do what any of these Russians are doing. I would not call out Vladimir Putin. I wouldn't. All right, uh, let's go to the phones here. Say hi to Ben. Ben, he's my buddy from uh, Saskatoon, PA Advantage Collision. Okay, wait before we get your Labor Day prediction and your your memory. You had a wagon injury, like you raced chuck wagons. What happened to you, dude? Oh. <laughs> well, we were having a we were having a great race, and uh, yeah, my right leader kind of stumbled and fell, and kind of we all ended up on the ground and uh, had another wagon kind of come up behind me and hook wheels and spin us around, and yeah, <laughs> not great. But I mean, uh, I survived. My horses are okay. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, but how bad were the injuries, dude? We're not talking like you fell off a slide. What happened? Like how bad? Yeah, a couple of fractured vertebrae, actually. Wow. Are, are you going to be okay, though, if like, you make a full recovery? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and as a matter of fact, no surgery, not even a back brace. I mean, was kind of surprised. They said the injury was very stable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just got to take it easy. So I'm pretty good at that. Well, that's, you can't make, but <laughs> so that's I, I, I'm, I'm assuming you can't make it to the Labor Day Classic. I know you start coming around here to go to the game. So, uh, your thoughts uh, quickly. What's your favorite Labor Day memory? And then I want a prediction from you. Okay. So, first of all, I am going to the Labor Day. Oh, you are? So awesome. I'm not going to miss that. Good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, we, I've been to so many. And honestly, the game that, you know, the game I think of is uh, 07 with Kerry Joseph, right? Uh, like that last whatever whatever it was, ten seconds, and he runs it into the end zone to win. Mm. Um, but you know, it's just all the fun around the game, and uh, all the bomber fans. You know, as much as you know, we yep. love to hate them, but we love it when they come, right? Yeah, and they just they have a blast, and and we used to sit on the east side in the, in the old stadium. And they were just lots of fun to be around. So those are that's what I remember most. Nice. And who do you got yeah. on Sun? What's a, I know you got the Riders. What's the score going to be? Thirty-five twenty-six. Nice. Right. And so your buddy, your big Jake Dolagala guy, I know that you think he's going to rip it for a couple of touchdowns. I really hope so. Like I, I was really. I mean, the whole team played awesome last game, right? And if everybody does their job, 
I, I, Jake's got all the tools, right? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. They say Saskatchewan. Remember when Reuben Barry was here? Never gave in. We never gave up. We're Saskatchewan tough. Ben Garrow, Saskatchewan tough. Enjoy the game, buddy. Don't fall go. Don't fall going down the stairs or something. Okay. <laughs> I'll be careful. Thanks, Bobby. Take care. That's Ben Garrow joining us. Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and PA. All right. Hey, light it up. Light the phones up. I like the Ian's call. He seems like a very smart man. He he presented himself well. We just happen to disagree. Uh, 936-6262-1866-767-0620. It's a sports cage on 620 CKRM. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Let's get after it. Love it. Got some good energy here. I'm not doing any more shows after this week. Leaving for Grand Forks, North Dakota to watch my son play his home opener against Drake University, the home of Johnny Bright. And then the Zinger and Blaine will cover off. And then I'll be back for the Sunday Labor Day Classic. Oh, what a football weekend. And I got my voice back, too. I can't wait. And, of course, I got the Rams on Friday. You know, we were like, okay, what's going to happen? Like, how is this? How are the riders going to beat the BC Lions? Like, what's going to happen? Jackson Ford made a nice big tackle on special teams after the riders scored on that you know they scored a they got a strip sack and then they went in for a touchdown with KSB back to the lineup. Jackson Ford makes a tackle and Enzinger. Stadium's what roughly seven years old. They had one game in 2016 and then it, it, it opened fully in 2017. Right? That's right. That was the loudest, hardest, cleanest, de- most devastating hit in terms of just the. In stadium history. Oh, in stadium history. T.J. Brunson absolutely destroyed, destroyed Terry Williams. Then he got up flexing. Guy's got muscles where he shouldn't have muscles, and I'm like, yeah, let's go. (laughs) And then he got fined. He got fined for a football play. Do they want to turn this into a patty cake, patty cake, Baker's man? He got fined for playing football. Yeah. Hey, you're a football player. You get fined. And I'm like, no way. There's no way this guy's getting fined. That's not happening on our watch. So our listeners went out there and they raised... The fine was two fifty. We raised four hundred on top of that for six fifty. Okay, because that's how we roll in Rider Nation. Let's bring TJ Brunson onto the show here on the Western Pizza Hotline, number forty-seven on the jersey, number one in your special teams heart. How you doing, TJ? Um, pretty good. How are you? Doing great, man. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the best hits I've ever seen. I could watch that thing. Oh, that's easily the hit of the year. How does it feel when you're making a hit like that? What, like, do you even, is everything in slow motion? Do you, do you black out when you make a hit like that? <laughs> yeah, not quite. Um, it definitely got kind of quiet when I hit them. Um, I didn't really hear like the, how loud anything was, um, but I definitely felt the crowd when I started celebrating after the hit. So, so um, more so of a feel of the vibration and everything than mm-hmm. actually <laughs> screaming. And stuff, yeah. so. so that must we talked after the game, but a different audience here. Some people may have missed it going to their cars after the game or whatever. So TJ, that must have been a, a bit of pent up frustration, right? Like you you come here uh, later in training camp. It's like they throw you in the deep end of the pool. You got to learn all the rules and everything on the fly. You're you know you've been on the on the uh, practice roster for a while. Just just what did it feel like to get out there and play an actual professional football game in Canada? 
Oh, it was awesome, man. <laughs> the CFL cut us off. They're like, no, we find that guy. You got his number there, Zinger? You could call him. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. The CFL's like, no, no, no. This is a bad, bad man. And you can't talk to him. DJ Brunson, we'll get him back on the line. We'll get him. We finally get to ask him about playing in the league. And they're like, nope. Back to the practice roster for you. Uh, yeah, that was a great hit, man. That he absolute. I was happy to see. Uh, uh, that was a body bag hit, man. But it was great to see T- uh, Terry Williams get up and bounce up and uh, be ready to go and good to go. Still, still, still waiting on him. Okay, we're still waiting on him. Oh my goodness! You know what, Zinger? While we wait on him, can we roll some of that other tape? Can you do that? Let's do that. We'll call him right back. We'll get TJ right back. Let's go with uh, the guy who, other than TJ uh, Brunson, was uh, front and center, Jake Dolagala, who had uh, three touchdown passes in that game. Sorry, Daryl. Go ahead, guys. Jake, what's it like to be back on the field after the bye week? Uh, it's great. Uh, excited to get back out here. Obviously, it's a big week. Um, excited to have the guys back in the building and uh, ready to go, yeah. Did the, how the, what timing of the bye week was? You guys get that big win that going bye week. Is it good timing, bad timing, anything like that? Oh, it was good timing. You know, uh, Coach Dickey always says 24 hours, good or bad, we got to flush it. So that's kind of how I approached it. Um, I enjoyed the bye week, but I'm, I'm sure happy to be back. What's it like now, week two, preparing as a starter? Do you feel more comfortable heading into week two here with the sure, first of course, reps? Of course. You know, any, anytime you get more reps, uh, you know, the better. So, yeah, it's, it's nice. When you look at last week, you said that there were things that you wanted to work on. What What are you working on? What have you thought about this week coming into the next week? Um, you know, a couple of, like accuracy stuff. Uh, you know, a couple of easy ones that I missed uh, during the game. Um, I was working, you know, on those today uh, with a couple of the guys. But um, you know, for the most part, I I, just, I feel good. Um, body feels good. So yeah, I'm just uh, ready to go. Just establishing the rhythm with the receivers. Does the bye week at all kind of hinder that at all, or doesn't play a factor whatsoever? No, I don't think so. I don't think it hinders it whatsoever. Have you paid attention to any of the response from Ryder Nation after getting your first win? Uh, a little bit. I leave that to my, my family. They're the ones that get excited about it. Whether it's college or high school, you ever been in a rivalry like, you know, the Riders and the Blue Bombers? Um, yeah, I mean, there's rivalry, like a rivalry at any level, but um, this one's obviously special. Uh, you know, I guess going back-to-back weeks with them, um, you know, obviously I was here last year, and just the pure excitement and joy from the fans, um, it's just so electric in the stadium, so I'm, I'm, I'm really pumped. Are there different feelings heading towards a rivalry game? We don't change how you prepare, but does it feel different? Yeah, of course. I think everybody's, you know, pushing that, that little bit extra just to be, you know, as prepared as possible. And, um, you know, yeah, there's, there's definitely a little, little bit more there. What is one of those rivalry matchups you remember from college or high school? Um, in college, it was always Sacred Heart. Um, high school. Shoot, it was always Canisius, and then we went up to Rochester. Aquinas was a big one for us. Um, but yeah, those were always big ones for us. And just what what kind of really just adds, what makes a rivalry, I guess, when you look back at it? Um, just, I mean, I guess I guess two teams going at it for as long as they have, right? Um, and both teams being competitive, not, not you know, one side lance. Like, it's not a landslide, you know, it's a very competitive game. So I think that's what a rivalry is. And how exciting is it? Second, uh, well, third career CFL start, and it's going to be a Labor Day Classic game against Winnipeg. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, can't wait. Do you Did watch the other CFL games when you're on a bye week, or do you just get away? I got away. Yeah. yeah. Don't watch them. You know the results, obviously. Yeah, I, you know, you, you see it on Twitter or whatever, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't really pay attention. I'll, I'll come back in and watch the games I need to, and that's about it. Yeah, you watch it on film anyway. Yeah, exactly. All right. 
Let's get back to the phone line. He's with us again, TJ Brunson. So, so TJ, that must have, like I said, must have been a lot of pent up frustration there, uh, getting onto the field and finally playing in a professional game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just sitting out for two seasons, man. It was just super exciting, a uh, rush of emotion, finally getting back out on the field. But I mean, I it, it, the feeling itself is second and none. It felt so good to get back out on the field and play. How much did you miss the game? Like, what did you, uh, what you know, what are you grateful for? What do you appreciate about the game uh, more now that you're back in it? Um, for sure, the the camaraderie and just the locker room antics with um, being on a team. I miss being with the guys and you know going through the same thing on a daily. But uh, I mean, those things, and I mean, obviously, just the game itself has it, been such a big part of my life for so long. To actually see it kind of, wouldn't say taken away, but to not have it um, for so long. I mean, it was kind of just like I had to figure out what I really wanted to do and, you know, how I can make that happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, it really just forced me to focus on what mattered to me and what I wanted to do. Now, I, I, I realize I've been around long enough. I know you're not getting rich playing in this league. Were you surprised you got a $250 fine for that hit? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, for me, I thought it was pretty routine. I'm not out there trying to hurt anyone or, you know, disrespect the game or the rules of the league or anything like that. But, you know, it kind of took me by surprise when I did get the fun. But, you know, I guess that's part of it. Yeah. So were you surprised when Rider Nation, well, more specifically Rider Nation, but the listeners here at the Sports Cage uh, raised the money to cover your fine and then some? I was, um, you know, but the thing is, I've heard so much about Rider Nation and just how supportive they are, and I've been able to see it for the past couple of weeks or months that I've been here. And, uh, the surprising part was, you know, that there was there was action behind the words for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, people talking about, you know, the fine should be paid or it should have never came or anything like that. But to see Rider Nation pull together like that and raise the money for the fine is, and it's something that, you know, a lot of people don't get to see, but I mean, that's, it's really cool to see. Well, um, I'm going to give you the last word in a second here, but I guess uh, in talking with the riders, uh, everybody's decided that the money's going directly to charity. It's I was going to give the fine money, pay it, and then give the rest of the money in your name to a charity. But uh, in conjunction with the riders, you want it to go to all the charity. That's why we have you on here today. So all 650 bucks, I understand, is going to kids sport. You mulled over a few local charities, and you want to go to help kids in sports. So just talk about why that's important to you, TJ. Oh, man, that's super important to me because I can remember coming up in sports and stuff and just the opportunities that I may not have been able to get into or, you know, it just wasn't going to work that year or something. But to give those kids an opportunity to get out and play a sport or, you know, just be surrounded by other kids their age and get to do something, you know, just outside and have an opportunity that they may not normally have is just, you know, I, I think that's an awesome thing to do, and I'm happy to be able to 
help and I'm thankful for all of the people who donated to help, you know, give kids an opportunity to do something that they may not have had a chance to do. They can uh, they can maybe aspire to be the next T.J. Brunson on the field with your great exploits and obviously off the field. You seem like a really good young man. Thanks for your time, man, and we will make that donation uh, toot sweet right away for you to Kids Sport. Thanks for your time, and good luck beating the Bombers in what's going to be a collegiate type of game. You don't even know what it's going to feel like. It's going to be outstanding there. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be loud. I know that. Yeah, for sure. Take care, T.J. All right, thank you. You as well. That's TJ Brunson of your Saskatchewan Rough Riders donating the entire $650 that was raised to Kids Sport. What a good dude. And I hope he gets down and uh, destroys a few bombers on special teams or maybe in defense if he gets in there. When we come back, Al Miller, new GM of the Regina Pats, joins us. Training camp's right around the corner here on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Time now for the Cage Clutch Performer on 620 CKRM. with a fly ball, well hit, left field. Alou is back, he jumps and he can't make the catch. And Kirk's double drives in two runs to give the Blue Jays an early lead. Alejandro Kirk. Coming up clutch today for the Toronto Blue Jays. Kirk had three RBI, he had three hits, Two runs scored, and the Toronto Blue Jays blanked the Washington Nationals 7-0 the final score. So the Jays win the series versus the Nats, and now the Jays have to do some scoreboard watching. Albeit, yes, I know it's August 30th, but the Jays, they need some help now to get back into the wild card picture. Alejandro Kirk is your sports cage clutch performer today for Nick Service in Emerald Park, your local Massey Ferguson challenger, Rogator, Gleaner, and Fent dealer. Give them a call at 781 781- 1077. The Kings of Saskatchewan Sports Talk. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Still rattled by my uh, window at home. Somebody put a golf ball through my house window at Aspen Links. I realize it's not Pebble Beach and Tiger Woods isn't golfing, so I'm not going to freak out. But, uh, yeah. He took off and didn't even come by the fence to say, hey, it was me. Um, by the way, we've got that uh, Labor Day rivalry, the golf uh, rivalry at uh, Aspen Links. You can uh, sign up. Um, uh, Eventbrite is where you go sign up. And uh, they've got uh, like Ryder and, and Bomber alumni, so that'll be great. Uh, That's also the website you buy Regina Thunder tickets. Nice. On. Yeah, love it. Lots going on. The World Wide Web. Is that what they call it? World Wide Web. WWW. Hey, the text line is brought to you by Capital Auto Group. We got some texts rolling in. Jim says, is it true or the Pat's up for sale? I have no idea. Al Miller's supposed to be uh, joining us. I say I was saying I was rattled because I thought I had asked for him to come on at 420, but it was 405, and I screwed up with TJ Bronson. It's just been a big mess. So uh, <laughs> it's a disaster. So uh, for uh, working out the Kings before the Labor Day Classic on Sunday. So Al's going to join us at 4.45. Then we'll have Brian Raymond on there. Still lots to go. You see, like on this show, it's not boring. We don't we don't drag out things like Canadian Football League to, to, to drag the time out. We, we actually have lots of guests that's moving, shaking, but I, I'm... 
The cheese is slipping off the cracker on this side of the board a little bit here. Give me a break. It turned 51 on Friday. It's not 41-year-old Michael Ball. It's 50. Oh, who cares? I'm just as good as I always was. Let's go to the text here. Was that the Toby Keith song? Yeah, I think so. That I'm not as good. Right. I'm not as good. Oh my I'm not. How does that go again? I'm not as good as. Oh baby. No, but what? It, no, that's Elvis. <laughs> I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm good once as I ever was. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's that's. Good. Uh, this is uh, Michael from Swift Current. If the Jags have a done season, I think a crappy season. They play Nathan Rourke the last two games in 2023, and after training camp next year, he'll demand to be a backup, and if not a starter, unless they trade him for a big return. Um, I will tell you this right now. We got this one too. Hal. Hal says, hey, Ballsy, wouldn't it be great if the CFL made QB1 position an exemption from the team's salary cap? That would help, but some teams would spend like a drunk sailor and get into trouble, and we have to bail teams out. So that's the only thing, I don't know, competitive disadvantage for, because let's face it. Young kids get a lot of money. They'd want to go to Toronto, BC before they want to come to Saskatchewan. But I'm telling you right now, Zinger, the Riders, every team right now, there isn't one team in the CFL that wouldn't back up the Brinks truck to bring and I, Winnipeg included. If you had a chance to get Nathan Rourke, are you not doing everything you can to get Nathan Rourke to come here to yeah. your team? Say that he comes back to Canada. What's the process look like? Do you, do the well, Lions free, have first dubs, no, or is free, he just No, he's a free up? agent because he was going to so be I a thought. free agent. He was only making ninety grand living That's in his parents' basement. But he's probably going to be more loyal to the BC Lions. Let's be, be honest. He'll be making Rocket Ishmael type money if well, he comes back Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Everybody's like, well, he makes 216000 U.S. on the practice roster in Florida doesn't have any state tax. What did the Rocket make yeah. back in 1990 about, or whatever? I don't know. He made about a million over yeah. like four years or something. Yeah. Here's the deal. Nathan Rourke would make set. If Nathan Rourke came back Tomorrow and said, "I'm done. I'm going to come back." He'd make he'd be the highest paid player in the league, around seven hundred grand. Uh, think of all the off field stuff you could get him. And, and if I'm the Riders, I've got Trevor Harris here, and I love Trevor Harris. And hopefully he comes back. And I do like Trevor. Think he's a great guy, and he's a, the second best quarterback. But he's 37. Let's be honest. Business is business. If he could, if I could get Nathan Rourke, I am Craig Reynolds with his accounting background, and I'm going okay. Carry the one. Okay, I'm giving him seven fifty. I'm 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 getting him a house. I'm getting him two cars, three cars. I'm getting him like Colin O'Brien's clothing deals. Everything I can get Nathan Rourke to come. Free movie passes at the Landmark Cinemas. He is. I'm backing it up because the jersey sales and the ticket sales. Who cares if you go over the cap? I don't care if you're not cheating, you're not trying. The Bombers did. The Argos did. They were in the Grey Cup. And what's 60000 over, 70000 over? He That's wore, a speeding he, he, ticket. He wore number 12 in BC, right? Uh, Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if he wore number 12 with the Riders, he could, he could redeem the number 12 after Steve Sarkeesian sunk it in the 1990s. Well, wouldn't he have to get it from Brett Lothar? Well, if you're gonna give a guy 750 grand, you would think you know. You gotta take it from the kicker. Yeah, yeah, come on, he's get a out kicker. Of here. Get out of here. I love Brett. He's a kicker. Steve, yeah. Steve Sarkeesian. Anyway, start it. start getting your ducks in a row 12. because I believe Nathan Rourke will be back here next year. Not here, but in the CFL. And it's not that I want him to fail. I don't think he's gonna get a legitimate chance. I really don't. I don't think he's gonna get a legitimate chance. 
And don't give me this, he's an undrafted free agent. You couldn't expect him to get a legitimate chance. Yes, you could. Over half the NFL are undrafted free agents. Believe me, I've done my research, both as a broadcaster and a father. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 433 is for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They will treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. The Toronto Blue Jays beat the Washington Nationals this afternoon, 7 to nothing. the final score. So the Jays are now 73-61 and on the season, currently sitting in third place in the American League East. The Sports Cage is your voice for football, not only in the province, but around Canada. This is the Sports Cage. CFL reports. A look at what's happening in our three down game. Let's go. Spread right, fake spear. Play pass 16 counter Z deep angle. Full back west right, zoom. Full back left. Pass half back at zero. Z quick swing left. On one. Break. Of course, the 58th Labor Day Classic goes down at Mosaic Stadium on Sunday. Our pregame shows at two kickoffs at five. The Riders are coming off a bye week, and they're coming off a big win over the BC Lions, where the team really played well behind the direction of big quarterback Jake Dolagala. After the game, those calling into the Sports Cage Radio Roundtable were suggesting the team played much harder for Jake Dolagala than Mason Fine. Offensive lineman Logan Ferlin said, come on, get out of here. Yeah, and you know, you know what, there's, uh, it's, it's funny you ask that because, you know, when, when you hear people say stuff like that, and I maybe didn't play as hard, it's like those, those guys, um, no matter which play it is, professional football or not, you know what, those guys are giving everything they can to the sport and to the game and every play. So, so when you, you leave a game and you hear that, wow, we just didn't try, um, you know what, that's, that's you know, I got to call a bunch of bull because every guy in there is, is playing their heart out. No one wants to, uh, you know, leave a stone unturned and just leave a half effort. You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Man, we are striking out today. You suck, Zinger. Like, you can't do anything right. You're going on our practice roster. Go over there in our practice roster. See ya. Unbelievable. Like all I've ever all I've ever asked the guy to do is just do his job. Just do your job. And and now well, you he gets, he, he's I'm the leaving. he's the voice of the Regina Rams and now he just thinks that's that this stuff's beneath him. He's got fat fingers. Yeah, get out of here. I'll do it all myself. Here, Not a big deal. I'll do it all myself. Yeah, he shut the door. I'll do it all myself. 9366262 the number to text. Uh, you could also call that number locally, 936-6262-1866-767-0620. I get asked this a lot. Boy, Ballsy, like for a small guy, like you're 5'8", 168, you have a huge back. And I'm like, yeah, I do. It's from carrying this radio station. I've been doing it for years. I just I tell you what, man, it's amazing. I haven't had a, I don't have anything fused in my back. No disc, no disc operations. It's just, this is what I do, man. I bring my... Hard hat to work every day. Every day. Voice, no voice, consistency. Guess That's who's back? I, yeah, I knew you couldn't stay away. Back you got to pay. because you got bills to pay. You're like me. You tell you say you're going to quit. You always come back. Right when you think you're out. Yeah. They pull you back. That's the, that's the other thing. This <laughs> this media business is so funny because it's like it's like you, you don't make a lot like you're not getting rich. 
But it's one of those things where it's one of these like when I turn when I like my opinion doesn't <laughs> my opinion doesn't matter anyway. But you think your opinion matters. Like if I was working in a big box store and giving my opinion, it wouldn't matter. But I feel it matters when the mic's on. <laughs> so you get it, it's You're in, the smartest man in the world. Yeah, it's intoxicated. That's right. When I say goes, <laughs> doesn't matter what you tweet. What I tweet's more important. We know that's not true. Anyway, you can get a hold of us nine three six sixty two sixty two one eight six six seven six seven zero six twenty, or you can uh, text at nine three six sixty two sixty. You want to play pick the score? I got tickets. Yeah, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Open that phone up. Good job. Good call. Thanks, yeah. Audible. Omaha! Come on. 56 is Mike. 55 Razor. And it Razor. 55 Razor. 936. So here's the stipulation. 936-6262. This is the E or 18667670620. We were supposed to get a hold of Waldo, but uh like I said, you've been sucking today, so we'll just have to He's always a tough man to get a yeah, hold of. Selling houses, selling houses. Here we go. So you call in, you tell us the score. You automatically win tickets to the Labor Day Classic. And then we'll go from there. I'll explain it from there. So let's go to the other stipulation is you can't have won for 90 days. Please have a working yes, phone. A couple people just hung up when you said that. Yeah, here we go. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> All right. Who hi, hi, who's this? Dennis Krakowicz. Dennis. Yeah, you don't. Dennis donated to the TJ Brunson Fund. Did you hear, Dennis, that uh, TJ's giving all the money to kids sport? Yep. Not taking any money himself, so that's good on TJ Brunson. Has he won in 90 right. days? Have you won in 90 days, though, Dennis? No. No, he hasn't. He just donated. Well, so I'm going to check. Okay, here we go, Dennis. Dennis, what's the score going to be on Sunday, Riders and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? 30-27 for the Riders. Ooh, everybody's got a high score. Hey, 30-27, right? Uh, like, a, like, is it a uh, like a 2019 win where Brett Lothar has a walk-off field goal, or how do you think it goes? I think that's going to win it. I feel well. Okay, good. So uh, thirty to twenty-seven. So uh, here's the deal, uh, Dennis. You've automatically got tickets to the Ruffies game with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on Sunday, five o'clock kickoff, two o'clock pregame show with Daniela Ponticelli. You. Uh, if you're the closest to getting that score or right on the money, but closest without going over the actual score, you'll get a $200 gift card to Sastel, and then you'll be in the running to the next step, which would get you into a chance to watch a game uh, from a suite with three others next year. Does that sound good or what? Sounds great. Who's your favorite player on the team right now? Right now? Yeah. This very minute. Uh, does he need to be playing? or? No, he, he doesn't. It could be anybody. I don't care. Who is it? I think Brunson's my favorite. Yeah, uh, I like Brunson. Uh, both uh, defense and yeah. my offensive guy is Hickson. Hickson, yeah, you like Hickson. Hickson, yeah, he hasn't been on the field. He's been been tough getting him on the field. Okay, Dennis. What was the score again? 30-27 to 27 for the Rough Riders. He can't even get the score. Like, what's uh, the matter with you? Hey, you, man. Do you have sugar? You always screw up when you have sugar. No, I don't have enough sugar today. I've hey. only had one Pepsi. Oh, that's what it is. Dennis, do you I'll have it? I'll some sugar zinger the next time. Yeah, yeah, get some sugar zinger. Look it right in my veins right, right in your here. veins. Pump it in the Come veins. On. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Dennis, do you have a favorite Labor Day memory off the top of your head? Uh, the one Kerry Joseph won. For oh, yeah, everybody has that. 2007. Yeah, he said, you know, screw the field goal. I'm scoring a touchdown. I'm we're surprised going, we're not rolling. many more people say the Rocky Butler game because that was uh, yeah, that was 2004, 2001. One? Yeah. Is that one? 2000. Oh, yeah, one. it was 2001. Yeah, yeah. 
crazy. I like the one where Ken Clark came in. He was it was way back. I forget. I think it was eighty six. Ken Clark was the punter. The place kicker got hurt. And he had to come in and kick the game winning field goal. He won the Great Cup in eighty six. In eighty six, that's easy, man. The nineteen eighty six Great Cup champs were the hold on the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats beat the Edmonton Eskimos when the Hamilton Tiger Cats had uh, oh what the hell was his name? Was it uh, number eight? Was the quarterback? Oh. Oh, what was his name? It's going to kill me now. Hamilton. That was when Dunnigan was the Edmonton quarterback. Oh, what was his name? (laughs) What's that? No, Ham was the Edmonton quarterback. He was the third string Edmonton quarterback behind uh, Dunnigan and Allen. No, it was number eight, uh, the Hamilton Tiger Cat quarterback. I could see it. It was like a, and it wasn't a superstar quarterback. His first name was Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. Hold on. Tom, not in Tom 80s. Tom Wilkinson. No, no, no. Tom. It wasn't Tom Clements. He was gone. Eight. Tom. Tom, Tom what? Tom Porras. Tom <laughs> Porras. That's what it was. Anyway, hey. Uh, the reason why I know that my mom and dad went to that yeah. great cup in Vancouver. Oh, in 86. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Who called that play in 207? Miller or uh, or Austin? Uh, uh, Miller called it, didn't he? Ken Miller was the I OC. Thought, I, I thought Austin. I actually, I actually think it was ad lib by Kerry Joseph. He decided it was an RPO and he decided to take it himself. They were setting up for a field goal and he's like, "Screw it, I'm winning it myself." Man, you could hear that all. Quarterback sneak down the middle. Down the middle, right on the blow bummers. Okay, Dennis, hang on the phone. We'll get I, got, some, I got his info. You got his he's info. He's free to go. You're yep. free to go and listen again. By the way, when I, I like to take a peek into people's lives, Dennis. Right now, what are you doing while you're listening to Zinger and Ballsy? I'm um, reading a little bit on the Pats training camp. Ooh, Ooh, nice. Well, guess what, Dennis? It's almost like you're the show's producer. I could use He's one. better than me. Yeah, I could use one the way my guy's <laughs> screwing up. Coming up next, we got Al Miller, the new general manager of the Pats. He joins us next after a hit with Brian Raymond. Thanks for listening, Dennis. Yes, sir. Take care. Another satisfied customer. Yeah. Singer. Doesn't feel great. Oh, it made my day right yeah, there. We Dennis. over we overcame your ineptness, Zinger, to pull off that break. That was outstanding. All of a sudden, it's my fault because dudes don't answer the telephone. Yeah, it is What's your going fault. on you here? You know what it is? You know what it is? You're dr- that, you know what, you nerd? I'll, when we come back, I'll tell you why Zinger's distracted. It's the most nerdiest distraction you could ever have. Like, un- unbelievable. We'll come back and talk about that in a minute. It's a sports Cage on 620 CKR. Don't expose me! Missy and I hate automotive waste dumped into our back 40. There's not an end of supply of oil and plastics, so it's very clever of you to recycle automotive waste properly. All that yucky used oil and antifreeze material can be turned into reuseful products. Please make automotive waste reuseful. Visit usedoilrecyclingsk.com. Mother Nature, our land, and our whole herd. Thank you. Nobody covers your team like our team. This is the Sports Cage on the Mighty 620 CKRM. All right, uh, let's get to the golf course first. Brian Raymond is on the phone. Hi, Brian, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Kind of a weird day. It's smoky, it's cloudy at times, or hazy, it's sunny, it's hot, could rain. But, uh, hey, the golf course is still open for business. Let's talk about it. Yes, it is still open for business, and it is not raining, and it is not going to rain here, I don't think, until maybe later on tonight. Yeah. So we've got folks going out uh, very shortly for our late twilight, which now starts at 5.30, and it's only $19 to come out and walk the golf course. And, of course, our early 
Twilight is at thirty is at three o'clock, and it's thirty five dollars as well. And we still have carts available at that time. And we are taking bookings this weekend already. And there are folks I'm hoping are coming in from the outskirts of the city to see the Labor Day Classic. And if you're coming in early, the day before, perhaps, give us a call, and we'll get you on the golf course. Yeah, that's going to be outstanding. Get on their great driving range. Uh, so if they want to get a hold of you, Brian, how do they go about doing that, my man? All you have to do is give us a call at 306-543-5050, and you can book online at flowingspringsgolf.com. All right. Uh, we're going to uh, get a hold of you uh, tomorrow once again, okay? Sean will be hosting, so he'll, he'll hit you up, okay? Sounds good, buddy. Take care. Take care, man. That's Brian Raymond joining us. I was just going to say, I think it was Mike Kerrigan, the quarterback in 86 for Hamilton. Kerrigan? Tom Porce was on the team, too. Mike Kerrigan. Yeah, you could be right. Mike Kerrigan, number two. Tom Porce, number eight. Yeah. Tom Porce did play in the game. Yeah. I know that for a fact. I watched that game. Yeah. I couldn't believe I was not Hamilton beat yet. Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know anything. Yeah, what? Yeah, you were. Well, no, you, you were gonna, gonna. You were gonna tell. You were gonna before we. Get to oh L. yeah. So here we go. Before we get to Al, Al can listen to this too. So uh, this guy, uh, Al, Al probably has somebody in his hockey life that was just been an absolute buffoon that he's had to carry from time to time, and that's what I'm having to do today. Like Zinger is usually a professional, but he is just totally distracted, and it's been that way. I knew this would be a problem. The guy <laughs> oh wanted God. to be the voice of the Rams, at least call some football, and he's got one of the few play-by-play football jobs in the country and now that he gets it now he's just that's all he's salivating and thinking about this nerd is not like when I had a young kid and I had a you know you have a good-looking wife at home you're like maybe I can get my kid to bed my nearly two-year-old son to bed and I can watch a movie and you know me and my wife we could play a little Chester, Chesterfield rugby we can uh, we can hang out and make out no here's what the dude wants to do he wants to put his family to bed he can't wait to put his headphones on and do the depth charts for the Rams and the UBC Thunderbirds. That's what he's all excited. I can't. He literally said to me, folks, I can't wait to go home and do the depth charts. <laughs> Actually, Singer, I'm joking, but I love doing that too. <laughs> but would you, hey, would you pay attention to your job? Let's go to the phone line. Say hi to Al Miller. Hi, Al. How are you? Help me, Al. Yeah, doing good. Uh... Sorry, gents. I, uh, I, our, our day went a little bit quicker here with mm-hmm. the fitness testing and some meetings, and we were ahead of schedule. And mm-hmm. I, I got caught in a meeting with the players, and uh, so my apologies. No, for, no, uh, Al, it's my it's, fault. Uh, it's my fault. It, I, I told Dante to have you at four oh five. But then I thought I in my mind it was 4:20, so it's really my fault, not your You're fault. You're the one messing no, up. No, I messed up today. I messed up. Hey, I'm big <laughs> enough to take on the the fact that I'll I. I'll take it on when I mess up. So Al, I'm going to ask you this because I asked Ken Hitchcock this yesterday. Okay, when he was on the show, when's one time professionally that Al Miller screwed up? And because everybody talks about their success stories, but everybody fails. When did you fail, and how did you overcome that failure? Well, I think, um, yeah, you know what, the the game that we're in, um, I was told, you know, a long time ago when I first started, you know, particularly around, you know, making trades or drafting players or those types of things is, you know, you're going to be wrong. Um, And, uh, um, you know, you just got to be right a little bit more than you're wrong. (laughs) You know, you take that that for, for what it's worth. Um, you know, I, I think I'll be honest. I had a I had a GM stint in, in the OHL in uh, in Sarnia, 
that uh, that was a disaster. Um, you know, I should have I should have never taken the job. Um, you know, very poor ownership, bad relationships all around. Um, I didn't do a very good job in that environment. I made a terrible coaching hire uh, at a time where the, the team was ready to, to take a step. And and I think in those situations is you you know you you live through it, you reflect, you learn from it, and and you make sure you're a hell of a lot better the next time uh, you get an opportunity. And I, and I think everything that I went through in those four or five years or whatever it was in Sarnia, I think that uh, uh, it helped me when I got to Moose Jaw. It helped me when I got to Hockey Canada, and it's it's going to continue to help me as we uh, as we build the paths here. That's my GM right there, a guy that can talk well and is uh, accountable. I love it. So we're getting into training camp now. You've had the uh, the fitness test and everything you talked about, orientation. We've got rookie camp here. Let's start there. What What is... What is your goal, like, or what do you want to see from the GM's chair in this rookie uh, deal part? Well, I uh, I believe in a you know a, an earn your way process, a graduated process when you you get into training camp. Uh, I think rookie camp is important because you know you're dealing with young players, um, and you know the reality is is that you know we have 14 year olds here. 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 17-year-old through rookie camp. And everybody's not physically ready to go to main camp and be on the ice and compete with 19- and 20-year-olds. So, you know, that's part of it for me with, with a rookie camp because the other thing when you, you know, is when you have those young players in main camp and they're not physically ready to be there, it's not right for them, but it also hinders the competitiveness of your camp. So um, we go through a process here with rookie camp um, players will earn their way to main camp, and uh, I feel that's important. But at the same time, they get acclimatized to the WHL. They get acclimatized within their own age group. Uh, it gives them some confidence. It gets their feet wet um, over the first three games, and it's an abil- It's 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 good for us to be able to look at some free agents. Are they guys that we want to list? We got some draft picks. Do 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 we want to move them on to main camp? Do we actually want to sign them? Um, are they going to continue to compete um, for spots on our roster? Um, so I like the process. It allows us to get to know our young players, and uh, and they earn their way throughout. So um, and you know we get through that Friday night and uh, transition to cut down, move guys on the main camp, and then and then get ready for. Uh, main camp Saturday morning. So, Al, is there a returning guy or two that you're interested to see with your own eyeballs coming into this thing? I, I'm interested in, obviously, Tanner Howe. Tanner worked his way up the depth chart from the fourth line all the way to being a wingman for uh, Connor Bedard. Uh, had a great season. I'm interested. It's his draft year, I believe. I'm interested to see what he can do this year. Yeah, you know, I'm... Uh, <clears throat> I, I think the day of the press conference balls that we talked about, you know, the different lens that I was watching the WHL in the last three years with with Hockey Canada, and, and you have a different lens, you have a different perspective when you're a manager and you're watching other teams. Um, so, you know, this is an important time for me in terms of getting to know our personnel, our, you know, not only our returning players, but our mm-hmm. prospect pool as well. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. A good group of scouts and coaches here to share information and and update me along the way. Um, You know, I I think there's some interesting guys. I, you know, I saw Ewan Ewan Huey 
mm-hmm. uh, the import goalie at the under 18 world championships, uh, athletic competitive kid. I'm looking forward to seeing him, uh, at this level. Um, I've always found Boria Vallis to be an intriguing player, kind of watching him. You know, I didn't really focus in on him much. He's an American, so he wasn't going to play on our national junior team, but I'm interested in seeing him and, and, and getting to know him. Um, and, and obviously, you know, some of our young guys, a guy like Cole Temple, a high draft pick, um, you know, looking forward to see what kind of a step uh, Leighton Feist has taken here. So nothing real specific, Ballsy, but, uh, um, you know, just generally um, looking forward to, you know, getting to know this group both on and off the ice. 50 seconds left. I got to ask you, have you finally, like, are, are you over, like, you know, you're in Pat colors now. You're a Pat GM. <laughs> Has it sunk in because you're with Moose Jaw for a while there? Well, it's funny, uh, Gord Cochran, our equipment manager, when I showed up at the meeting today, I, you know, the full uh, Pat's regalion and, uh, you know, the full blue look, and he said, you look good in blue. He says, I've only seen you in, in black, white, and red, whether it was with the Warriors or with uh, with Hockey Canada. So um, with a face for radio, I took that as much of a compliment as I could, guys. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it feels good. Uh, I, I'm honored to be here. I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, uh, you know what we're going to do here. Um, we you know we've got some work to do, and uh, um, but we're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, feel real comfortable mm. uh, in the transition in terms of the pats and the colors, and and, and honored to be wearing uh, that logo. Uh, quick answer: yes, no, or maybe. Is the silver fox Kelly Rample still your friend? Because he's the moose jaw guy. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I think um, I, I, I think Remps is. Uh, um, I think he'll always be a warrior, just based on uh, yeah. history there, and uh, um, you know the family connection, and, and he worked there. But um, um, you know, I think he'll have his eye on the Pats a little bit more now. Well, I know he's a big fan of yours, so I think he will too. Hey, thanks for your time, Al. Uh, I don't know that I'll get there this weekend because I'm busy with other things, but we definitely will be following the Pats closely. Thanks. Have a great day. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Take care. Take care. That's Al Miller, the uh, general manager of the Regina Pats. When we come back, Ben Wagner talking about a Blue Jays victory. Scott Flory, Hall of Famer, coach of the U of S Huskies. Farhan Lalji talking Nathan Rourke and more rider audio from practice. Oh, we had a loaded show, man. Even those zingers punching wrong buttons and not getting a hold of people. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. We're talking baseball with the latest on the Jays and the MLB. It's Around the Horn with Ben Wagner on the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. It's uh, one of the traditions about baseball that, unlike any other for sure North American professional sport is they just have middle of the day weekday games do you know what I mean so I'm sitting I'm lining up my show and I'm I forget I was driving and I had pulled over to the side of the road it's like oh I got this show lined up I gotta get no no I wasn't driving I was in my basement studio I was like I gotta have Wags on the show we gotta have Ben Wagner on the show it's Wagner Wednesday and so I text him and I'm like hey can you come on at uh, 5.20 Eastern time because I always like to try to line it up before he he's in the booth he's like well if this game's over by then I'm like the game oh they're playing an early game so that's you swung him you struck out today I'm bugging the guy while he's trying to call a game (laughs) 
Like how? And I know how what a pain in the ass that is when you're doing a game and a guy's texting you and stuff. Ask literally, you're 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 calling a game and somebody texts you. Why did the Riders quarterback throw it there? I don't know. I'm trying to call the game. So here's a bozo of the industry bugging the Blue Jays radio guy. But thankfully, he didn't get mad. He's on the phone. Sorry, man. I forgot there's actually day games in professional baseball. Hey, hey, listen, I, I give you the mulligan. That's that's <laughs> completely acceptable. The baseball schedule, as we love to say, we don't know what day it is, but we know who's pitching tomorrow. That's true. Uh, that's, my, <laughs> that's my go-to line. And this next road trip, six games. Now, tomorrow's an off day, but starting on Friday, six games, three in Colorado, three in Oakland, six games, so six different start times. So listen, I won't be able to keep it straight either. So today you you get a freebie. I'll get into those in a minute. Okay, I'll get into those in a minute. Uh, the the series you just talked about, but let's uh, talk about this game today. Uh, the uh, Toronto Blue Jays come up with a big five four win over Washington. Seven nothing today. Oh, sorry, seven nothing. Yeah. I looked at five four. I'm looking at yesterday. Seven nothing today. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the other score. Seven nothing. Yes. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about yesterday. No, we that's all, right. We all want to talk about today, right? Yeah. There were so many things to dissect from this homestand. You know, you know, falling short two out of three against Cleveland. You win the series against Washington, which you really felt that today was a must win. I mean, just for just for some psyche, just for some energy, you wanted to get back into the win column. And Chris Bassett answered the bell in every sense of the word. Three hit shutout against a pretty young Washington lineup. Um, you know, they're exposing some guys on the fly here. They've got good days. They've had big days. Uh, they've had some bad days. But Washington overall has played really good baseball over the last, really, three weeks. And you thought looking at this thing, it should be a series. The Blue Jays should do well. You'd love to have this soft pocket that's been identified. Uh, and 15 games and really go 10-5, and 12-3 would be ideal but it just wasn't in the cards. And last night was really disappointing for a number of reasons. But, you know, you just flip the page, and today Chris Bassett's your answer. Alejandro Kirk has a really nice game. The bottom of the order does awesome with Ernie Clement and company in the bottom third with Kevin Vigio and also Santiago Espinal. The bottom third of the lineup is really the catalyst in today's win for a number of reasons. And they didn't hit the ball out of the ballpark. They just came through with clutch hitting, an ideal hitting, sacrifice flies, moving runners over. Uh, a good approach going right back up the middle against a guy that you know has been susceptible with a fastball that's just mediocre, a slider that's gotten crushed this season, and he, he, you know Patrick Corbin just isn't the guy that he was in 2018, 2019, and the Blue Jays took advantage of a guy. Yeah. So okay. So I'm looking at the schedule. Listen, <laughs> I did this with my Padres, so it's not exactly gospel. I'm like, okay, win, 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 and they play the Cardinals, and they. Can't. Anyways, I'm done with the Padres. I'm I'm basically I'm I'm watching Atlanta. I like watching the Braves, and I'm watching the Blue Jays. Those are the teams I'm watching. But I'm going to be guilty of doing this now. Okay. So you've got your three and a half game. The Jays are three and a half games back of the Strohs and Texas for the wild card. Seattle's decided they want to win their division now, at least at this point. So there's 28 games left, but I'm looking at this, Ben. You've got uh, Rockies, 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 Athletics, 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 Royals, Royals, Royals. So what's that? That's nine games? Uh, come on. you got to get at least... I know these are big league teams, so you got to respect them. you got to win at least seven of those puppies. Like you got to go seven and two in the next nine. You, you hope so. And this is where the pressure of this pocket, right, of 15 games against the worst 
the four worst pitching staffs in the major leagues. They're, you just can't deny it. You know, they, they, these are teams that other teams have taken advantage of. They don't have a lot of power. They don't have a lot of wipeout stuff. They certainly don't have the depth uh, that this offense should take advantage of. The Blue Jays lineup is really, really good. They don't have Bo Bichette. I know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a big loss for a couple of weeks. And the Blue Jays have been really cagey about the length of time that Bo's going to miss. Same thing with Matt Chapman in his brain. Uh, the Blue Jays are beat up. But it shouldn't matter. Not against this lineup. Uh, these these next three series for the Blue Jays are paramount, and you need to make your hay. But, but I will say, and it's hard to do this on paper, look at what's next. A massive four-game yeah. series against the Texas Rangers. And for me, that four-game series for the Texas Rangers tells you what you need to know about the remaining 15 games, Red Sox and then Rays and Yankees, including the last 12 games that are all New York and Tampa Bay. Let me ask you something. And listen, I'm asking one voice of a team to another, so I don't expect, uh, I, I expect your, I know how your answer is going to go, but I'm going to ask the question because I'm on this side for a change. John Schneider's job, is it in jeopardy if they don't make the playoffs? Zero chance. I, I, zero chance John Schneider's job is is in jeopardy. Um, I I say that as, yes, a voice of a team, but also just looking at where the lapses have been from a performance standpoint. And the Blue Jays have assembled the best pitching staff in Major League Baseball. I, I really believe it. The, their starters have been amazing. And we're talking about a rotation that has done it. At times, there's only four starters in the rotation. And also without Alec Manoa, finalist for the Cy Young Award, mm. who's been obsolete all season long. Even though he's been part of the rotation, for far too long because performance probably would have kicked him back to the minors if somebody else had been better in the minors, but the Blue Jays just didn't have that option. And then they went to the four-man rotation for the majority of June, call it five, maybe six weeks, depending on how you slice it. And then the bullpen that they've retooled, they've gotten better. Genesis Cabrera has been elite since joining the Blue Jays. Jordan Hicks has had you know some tedious moments, but he's been really, really good. Blue Jays pitching staff is great. The wins and losses, the success of the season, once again will rely on what should have been a much better performing offensive attack for the Toronto Blue Jays. And you can slice it a number of different ways, but it's got to be a collective unit. And the Blue Jays just aren't hitting the ball at the ballpark and they're not scoring nearly as many runs. That's not on John Schneider. It's really not. And we're certainly past the window of, of a moment where you could make a change in philosophy from a hitting standpoint. It's an organization philosophy. There might be some changes in the directive mm-hmm. and the nature of philosophy on how to assemble depth. You know, if it's in the GM, AGM, or player development ranks on who's, you know, who's being targeted from a six-year free agent from a, from a depth standpoint, um, you know, that's really rare to Ted now for years. But when it comes to John Schneider and operating with what he has been given on a given day, John Schneider is, is not in jeopardy in this in this situation. Well, enjoy it, Ben, because guess what? The playoffs have started already for the Toronto Blue Jays. We've just uh, highlighted that, so it'll be a fun time for you either way. You know what? It's going to be an incredible month, and again, the games matter, certainly. The scoreboard watching is fun, and hopefully, hopefully, 
the next couple of weeks make a make a very very exciting race to the finish. I always joke with my color guy Luke Mulliner when we leave the booth. Win or lose, riders win or lose, we're one and zero. That's my mentality. So that's yeah, you. We're always undefeated where we sit, aren't we? <laughs> that's right. Until the until the haters on social media crop up, and then you're a big loser. Hey, buddy, take care. Thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Cheers, guys. Take care. That's uh, Ben Wagner joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, Farhan Lalji going to talk Nathan Rourke in a bit, uh, and we'll get to some rider audio in a moment. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. All right, uh, time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotlines. We keep the show going, talking to uh, Hall of Famer and uh, great coach of the U of S Huskies, Regina's own Scott Flory. How are you today, Scott? I'm good, Baldy. How are you? Good. Hard to believe. Season's back. Although maybe it's not hard to believe. It's not like when the season ends, you just uh, go to sleep in hibernation. It's a year-round job, but uh, you got to be excited to be back. Yes, it uh, it seems like it's never going to get here in the middle of January, and then uh, it comes too quickly when you're finally in it. But excited, really excited uh, for it, and the uh, boys are looking forward to Friday night. So um, you return most of your team, man, uh, except for the key area where Mason Nias leaves. He's still in the conference, actually, coaching. But uh, uh, just talk about his replacement and what you plan there, because that is the most important position in football. Yeah, well, I would argue the the hardest position in all sport to play, in my opinion. So, yep. uh, yeah, we've uh, we've got a guy that uh, you know recruited years ago and has been with us, growing and developing, and was a number number two guy last year. So he takes the reins. Uh, Anton Amdrud uh, is is his name. So he, uh, I mean, he's been doing some really good things here in practice. He's growing. He's a young guy. He's he's still he's still on his journey. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, we had the exhibition or non conference game there last week and. He did some really good things. So, um, yeah, we just got to make sure it translates when, uh, you know, when the lights are on on Friday nights. Well, it helps, though, that Scott Flory's got a good offensive line, which is no surprise when Scott Flory's running the team. But also, you got a good, a stable of running backs. You know, you got uh, Riker Frank out of Regina and a bunch of other great guys you can rotate in and help him. You, you and Chena's there. I mean, it's pretty good stable there. Yeah, we got four guys uh, in the backfield that we have no issue to uh, getting the ball to. The hard part is getting them all on the field some way, somehow, or getting them all touches and carries. Uh, you know, we've got uh, Riker Frank, as you mentioned, Ted Cabongo, Josh Iwanchina, and Caden Miller, who, I mean, I call a young guy, but he's been with us for three years already. So, um, And then, yeah, we've got some receivers as well that, you know, we've just got to make sure um, those guys are detailed in their routes and what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's so we, we don't want to put you know the quarterback is it's 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 hard man it's tough it's not easy but you don't want to throw too much at a at a young quarterback when they're when they're taking their first snaps so uh you know we got to be able to protect and be good teammates around them talk about that defense though that's uh, you, you're stacked there too like i said this team is pretty stacked except you just got to figure out the quarterback spot with the growing pains yeah well no and, and yeah defensively we're um we return you know, a bunch. I think ten starters are on the yeah. on the defensive side, and added uh, added Reese McCormick there at, at, on the defensive line from the Thunder as well. So he's had a great camp. He's making the adjustment here um, seamlessly. So uh, you know, and, and veteran guys there in the back end, and and yeah, it's you know we're excited for it, but you know it's got to translate too, right? Like so, we're, sometimes you get in your little bubble and you're just playing against yourself and practicing, and we're like, oh, this guy's pretty good, but you don't actually see the forest for the trees. So that's why it's so important to get out there and actually start competing and playing the games. Um, when you've got the swings in the game and the highs and lows and special teams and all all phases of it, that's the beauty of the game of football. What do you like better? 
you like coaching or do you like the GM part where you're uh, where you're recruiting players and and always building a consistent roster? Oh, at the end of it, the coaching side of things for sure. I think that it is very fulfilling though the, from the recruitment side when you see a guy, right? When you see a guy and when they when they uh, they have the opportunity and they fulfill the potential, or you see something in them, or you, you trust your gut and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think I've been pretty lucky at that with with a lot of the guys that 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 we've brought in here uh, through the program. But um, you know, I, I I think they both are rewarding. But I I love the the strategy and the X's and O's of of football, man. That's just that's the part. There's so much nuance to the game. Uh, that is just it's 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 my drug, I, I suppose. Yeah. So when my son Scott Flory was being recruited, he did look at your program, of course, because it is a, a solid program. It's kind of got that American collegiate feel to it. Um, and and we talked. I talked to you as a parent, and then as a as an announcer, you had said early on, "Listen, I'm I want to get guys that are going to be committed to my program for five years or four years. You know, like not lifers, but you want them from start to finish." I guess where I'm going with this, your initial mentality was, "I don't know if I'm going to bring a guy in for two years that has experience elsewhere." You know, i.e., junior football. Has that mentality in recruiting changed somewhat? Uh, no, there's always exceptions to the rule. You got to. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, not gonna try to affect the product in the field if we have some late developments or somebody that has the ability to come in and all that kind of stuff for sure. But at the end of it, I mean, philosophically, my 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 approach to recruiting hasn't changed. Is get those those best young athletes that I can find the kids graduating high school, uh, bring them in, grow them, develop them. Um, you know, get them in our strength conditioning program, get them in our systems, get them with our coaches to to skill develop. Um, and then, and then give them uh, the opportunity to play the game. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that that, that recipe hasn't changed. There's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Everybody's path is different, whether it be junior fall, junior football in Canada or NCAA ball south of the border. Um, that doesn't matter, but it, to me, it's, it's, it's about getting the right people in here. Um, you know, the right young men that, that are, you know, <laughs> man, not only good football players, but good people. Um, and yeah, and that number one, they got to love football though. Yeah, that, well, you have to love it. If you're going to put that much time and effort, especially as a student athlete, like, uh, you could speak to this being a coach now, and you were a student athlete, but to be, let's say, a professional football player in the CFL, let's say, you got to be way more disciplined there than you do at the U sports level. By, but when I say that, I mean this. You're very structured. You go to class, you know you got to do that, you know you got to come back to do meetings, you know you got this and that when it relates to football. In the CFL, they keep you around for four hours, and there's a lot of free time for you. There's not a lot of free time as a student athlete. I don't think people really realize that. It's not like, oh, let's play football and party and go to a couple of classes. Yeah, no, that's not the way it works. And yeah, if that is or isn't the perception out there, it needs to change because, I mean, the academic portion of it, they have to be full-time students, which is essentially a full-time job. I mean, you may only go to class four or five, six hours a week, but you got to put in double that outside of it if you want to have success in the classroom. And then you look at from a football side of things uh, with lifts and practice and all that kind of stuff. We have the guys here five, six hours a day, easy. Um, that's a full-time job. And that's seven days a week in and of itself, right? So you're, you're, you're looking at two full-time jobs there. And then you got to manage being a being a young man too and having a little bit of social life and not living on your phone and actually getting out and doing some things too so uh it it is not easy and that's why they are a special breed and i think that that's why 
um, you know, these, these guys have such, such success when they leave our program. Very good point. Okay. Uh, lastly, from your, from your perspective as a coach, <clears throat> you've got to, uh, you've got to the doorstep a couple of years in a row and haven't quite kicked the door down. Looking at your own performance, is there anything you want to change or do you think it's just stick the course and things just didn't work out for us when we got to the end? No, we're always adapting and growing. I mean, I say it to my guys all the time, adapt or die. We have to be fluid. I think you look at, uh, you know, programs and, and coaches and all that kind of stuff. You've got to be adaptable into what you're doing. That doesn't mean you you stray from your core values and, and who and what you are as a program. I mean, us is up here at, uh, with the Huskies of, you know, BT set it. And before him, it was set by Val Schneider. And before him, it was set. It was, we're an elite program. Uh, we've got incredibly high expectations, but uh, but we also understand, um, you know, the that you know, it, it is a journey, and our journey is is here with this group, and you know, we've got the, we've got there, we've got to that game, uh, you know, our our programs, you know, standards, we expect to get and be in that game. Uh, at the end of it, that man, those are two gladiators going at any championship game. Uh, we played both of them, we lost. We played great games. I take nothing back from it. It's just part of the journey. Um, we, you know, we, we strive, we hope our goal is for sure to get back there again and be able to win it, but we're always continuing to grow. Uh, we got to find those six or seven points and find a way to close it out, but we got to get there first and we're in a tough conference. There's, there's really good teams in this country. There's really good football programs. Um, it'll be a fight every week. This is the best conference in uh, U-Sports football. I, I have no doubt about that, and it's been that way for a long time. I know you don't pay attention much to polls, but the polls came out, and you're tied with uh, UBC, the coaches poll. Do you kind of agree with that? Do you see them as your biggest threat to knock you off the two-time defending Hardy Cup champions? Uh, I have no idea. I haven't seen any game tape. So yeah, I know. I, that's crazy, know, eh? That it always it always takes a couple of weeks for it to kind of, you know, when you can kind of get a C. I mean, right now it's all, I know who they recruited. I know who we recruited. I don't know what they've grown and developed and not just them, every team within the conference. So I know all these teams they are well coached. They're going to have good players. I know that we know the landscape of football in Western Canada, predominantly all the rosters are full of kids from Western Canada. So I know that um, to me, sometimes the ebbs and flows, I think UBC for sure. I think every team is good. So whether it's, them or us or maybe we're overvalued i don't know I, I that's why we play the games i take no stock in any of that stuff uh, honestly michael i just don't um because it just doesn't mean anything you can i don't gamble i don't just don't go down that that road there's too many factors too many unpredictables um i just want to play i just want to get to friday night and our guys just want to play good luck man appreciate it sports ticker at 535 is for busy b overhead busy b will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage door so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialist. The Toronto Blue Jays, 7 to nothing winners today over the Washington Nationals. So a big win for the Blue Jays. Of course, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders back on the practice field once again today in preparation for the big Labor Day Classic on Sunday. So this is the way it's going to work this weekend. It's a weekend full of football. The Regina Thunder, they have a bye week this weekend, but the Regina Rams, they welcome the UBC Thunderbirds to Mosaic Stadium on Friday night. It's a 7 o'clock kickoff. The pregame show will be on the air at around 6.30 p.m. on Friday, so make sure to tune in to Sask Milk Regina Rams football then. And then on Sunday, the pregame show, Countdown to Kickoff with Daniela Ponticelli will be on the air at 2 p.m. The Ryder Nation pregame show will be on the air at 4 p.m. and kickoff shortly after 5 o'clock. Winnipeg Blue Bombers and your Saskatchewan Rough Riders right here on Rider Radio 620 CKRM.
It's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. All right, I saw this on uh, Instagram as um, Nathan Rourke put up a post. Excited to, hold on here, of course my thing froze. Excited to be uh, staying in Duval and continuing to work towards my childhood dream. This is a special team and community, and I'm so grateful to be a part of it, the Jacksonville Jags. So the talk about that's a guy that's been following his career for a while, Farhan Lalji, TSN. But uh, Farhan, let's start here. Kid never had a chance at number two. But he was lied to. He was lied to, though. They they told him that he had a chance. You reported it. He talked to me. They said he had a legitimate chance to get number two, and then he had no chance. Like, uh, do I want to go back to an organization that outright lied to me? Well, no, it's a, it's a totally fair question because, um, you know, he was first told he'd have a chance to get number two, then the club re-signed C.J. Beathard which didn't completely surprise here his agent at the time, and they still said to him that he was going to get a chance. I think they understood that CJ was kind of, you know, the leader in the clubhouse to a point, right? That he was mm-hmm. going to have to go some to beat him, but that chance never happened, right? And, and he got a lot of chance in the preseason, but if you watch training camp, you will know very quickly it was CJ Beathard's job, not just his job to lose, his job, period. Like, he would have had to have gotten hurt, fallen off a cliff, something, mm-hmm. because Nathan certainly did his part. And that's not a shot at C.J. Beathard, because he actually played well in the preseason, too. His numbers weren't that different than, than Nathan's. Maybe not as maybe it wasn't as flashy or spectacular. It's not a shot, but it is clear, based on distribution of reps and the coach's comments after preseason games, when he was asked about Rourke, that there was never a battle. So it's hard to say he wasn't lied to. Yeah. Uh, so, Farhan, how long do you... Th- I know you've been on Twitter saying that he's not coming back this year, and I, I... Well, obviously he's not. He's on the practice roster, and he wants to live out his childhood dream. But uh, sometimes your dreams, you gotta, you've got to make uh, a decision to go in a different direction. How long do you think he's going to chase this dream for? I think two years. Um, and, you know, now, look, all of this is, you know, it, it, there's nothing set in stone. I can't sit here and give you yeah. a definitive answer because his situation could change. I Like, what's going to happen at the end of the year? So, for example, um, let's say he's on the practice roster at the end of the year. Well, that means he's free to do what he wants. What if they activate him in the final game of the year? That means his rookie contract kicks in and he's their property in the offseason. Right? So, I think in his perfect world, uh, he goes through the practice roster, he still believes he's going to get better for going through it. You know, maybe something works out and he gets activated a few times, and then maybe in the offseason he can look at different options, right? He prioritized certain things this offseason. Maybe he prioritizes different things in another organization next offseason and then goes through that process. So I think that's what he would like to do, right? Like, you gut through the year and then maybe try another opportunity next season because you know who the starter is here forever, right? Yeah. Uh, but who knows, right? Like, if that if that right opportunity doesn't present itself um, – could he come back? He could, but I do believe he's going to take one more kick at the can at this into next season. So if you're a CFL team, okay, that's fine, but you also got to look to the future if you're a CFL GM. This guy comes back, I don't care what team, every team should throw money at this dude to come back. Everything you can do on and off the field, and I know he'll probably be more loyal to BC, uh, but you know he'll be a free agent if and when he comes back here. Um you kind of have the game plan that, like, look further ahead. Okay, like he, you know, we have to kind of have a, we have to be ready to move if if he comes back to the CFL. 
and that's hard though, right? Like yeah. to make a move to acquire a Nathan Orrick mid season, how can you how can you live in that world? Yeah. Right? And and you are right, Ballsy, like every single team, including the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, should be in on Nathan Orrick. Mm-hmm. Right? Because like if he comes back in two years, Zach is two years older, right? And you've now got you've got this young guy. I mean, even Chad Kelly's thirty this year. You know, Nathan's from Oakville, Chad Kelly two years later, you know, who knows? So I think if it, if that does turn into the timeline, everybody should be in on Nathan. But the challenge becomes, what if we're at this point 12 months from now? And, you know, things don't work out the way he wants to now. Mid-season, he's like, okay, bad enough. Not going through a second year on the practice roster. I'm out of here. I'm going back to Canada. How do you live in that world? I know. Right? Like, who's going to save uh, $250,000 for a prorated version of Nathan Rourke so that you could pay him 600000 the following year or whatever it's going to take. Right? Yeah. So it, it's complicated, but, you know, to your point when you started the question, everybody, everybody should be in on him. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so last year we had, with the help of Amar Doman, and it was mainly Amar Doman, but that was off the field. On the field, Nathan Rourke helped really get things going and rolling uphill for the BC Lions, where they're getting 22000 now for the Hamilton Tiger Cats coming to town, which traditionally never was a great draw, even back in the 80s when people were really going to the games. Um so you had that last year, and now you got Trey Ford, who comes, uh, he's finally, they have to start him, and all he does is be the best athlete on the field when he's playing. Now, I, we, who, who, he's a long way from anywhere right now, but it's a great story in Edmonton. He might single-handedly resurrect a team that was circling the drain. And I don't mean they're going to make the playoffs, but get interest back there where it's like, holy cow, could be a job saver, could be a franchise saver without like being overdramatic. No, you're not being overdramatic. That's real. And, you know, the Trey Ford effect, a little bit of momentum. Like, this isn't a, fr- a fan base that's completely disappeared, right? Like, they are here. It's just they're they're angry or they're not interested temporarily. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we saw 21,000 there last game. Yeah. Just at the thought of, hey, you know what? We might break this streak at home. We're playing a bad team and we just won the last game. You know, they had over 30,000. A lot of it was given away, but people came in that first game. Mm-hmm. So, Trey Ford plays an exciting brand of football, and there are going to be ups and downs, right? Like, it's great uh, that he's doing what he's doing, you know, uh, um, and being as athletic as he is, like, he's just so entertaining. So there's going to be ups and downs, but I would ride with him for as long as needed, right? And um, if they can all of a sudden get on the run, like, buddy, if they win this game against Calgary, Mm -hmm. you don't think there's going to be 30,000 for the return game? Oh, I know. That's the question. Creep towards a playoff spot? That's the question for you, Farhat. Who's worse, Edmonton or Calgary? Here's the question. Who does it mean more to, right? Yeah. Because, you know, the Battle of Alberta, has it ever meant more? And, yes, these teams have been better previously. And maybe there were times when they were competing for first in the West and not, you know, fourth in the West. But given where both franchises are today, has it ever meant more to win this series, to get closer to the playoffs, for Edmonton to, to you know, start to rebuild and rebrand its franchise um, after winning the first two games as Elks and then Trey Ford doing what he's doing? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's going to be, it'll be a great game. I think the TV ratings will be good. There'll be a lot of interest. And if Edmonton wins, 
I, I think a lot of people will get back on the bandwagon for the next game in, in Edmonton. Lastly, hear me out. I, I'm voice of the Riders, so I sound green and white here when I say this. But the Riders are You're being loud. That's the, what local the, voices. Yeah, be. the Riders are being disrespected at seven and a half point underdogs. Yes, I know Winnipeg's won five in a row. Yes, I know they're nine and two. And yes, I know they've won the last two Labor Day Classics. And yes, I know they can clinch a playoff spot with a win over the Rough Riders. But let's be honest, Farhan. Perceptions, everything, and facts are negotiable. They barely beat Edmonton. Yes, they won. Calgary tried to do everything but win that game when they had many chances to beat Winnipeg. And how many times does a team throw two pick sixes and still win by 30 points, Farhan? Like, Winnipeg is 9-2. and two. They're very good. They should win. But the Riders have a better than 50-50 chance of winning this Labor Day Classic. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going with the spread. Uh, Jake Dolagala has shown me one time he can do this. One time. <laughs> and the one thing the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have shown me is that they can win without their A game. And you just gave me all of the reasons why, right? You listed the examples. That they can throw two pick sixes against what was regarded as the fourth best team in the league by most people outside of Regina, right, with a, with a really good defense, much like Saskatchewan has. Mm-hmm. And with two pick sixes, they won by 30. They don't have to play well to win. They don't have to play well to win big. So, so that's you know that's the separator for for a team like Winnipeg. And so, I, you know, they've shown they can do it. This game will mean a lot to them as well. And like I, I Jake Dolagal, I loved what I saw against BC. But you can't say that they're being disrespected when he's done it once. He's got to do it again. I love the fact that we finally disagreed on something to end the conversation. I appreciate that, my man. Have yourself a good weekend. Okay. Take care. Enjoy it, buddy. See, see you, bud. Take care, yeah. I mean, you can't argue with what he said, but I, we're still going to kick their butt. I hate <laughs> I hate Winnipeg. When we come back, we'll hear from Coach Craig Dickinson. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Wow, look at my look. I can't believe my eyes. I have a bad stigmatism and diabetes, so my eyes could be screwed up, but one, two, three, four, five, six. There's only seven people on the Riders injury report. That is ridiculous. Nelson Lacombo, defensive back. Did not participate in practice because of his knee. C.J. Rivas, defensive back, did not participate because of his hamstring. Brandon Council is back, coming off a knee injury. He split reps with uh, uh, Eric Lofton. I almost said Xavier Fulton. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Going back to 2013, uh, Eric Lofton, the former Blue Bomber at Ottawa Red Black, who's been decent at at the tackle spot. They've been splitting first-team reps in practice today. They were Justin Herdman-Reed, second special teams uh, tackler on the team. He did not participate with a a quad injury. Albert Awachi, full participant, coming back from a knee injury. Uh, Jawan Breskison, shoulder injury, full participant. Jake Winicky, a healthy scratch, full participant. And... uh, Apparently, Amari Henderson, who left that game with a back injury, he got bent like a pretzel. Yeah, he's back, oh. and he was a full participant in practice. So the Riders are getting healthy against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They're seven and a half point dogs. dogs. Let's hear from Coach Craig Dickinson. Yeah, I think it just allowed us to feel a little better about our team going away, and and you know give you a good taste in your mouth when you're when you're doing something other than football. So I think it was it was just what we needed. 
as he goes into his second week as the starter here. Have you noticed a difference in Jake heading into week two? I haven't yet, but I'll keep watching him. He's a confident guy to begin with, so I think his confidence has always been high. Um, maybe a little more confident after a good first game, and, but I'll keep an eye on him as the week goes on. After looking at the film, what, what do you think he did well in that first game? What do you think he needs to improve on? He, play, he played really well. You know, after the game, uh, you know, we gave a game ball to Sam, but Jake could have got one too. And I, I just felt like he saw the field well. He was quick with his decision making, and he was pretty accurate. You know, when he had to throw it in tight windows, he did it. So um, it was a good start for him. You mentioned on Monday that Jake had a source of charisma that really draws these teammates. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Well, I don't. It's one of those things. It's hard to explain. It's kind of you, you kind of know it when you see it. Um, he's just got he's got a, a charismatic personality. You know, I think he, the guys like to hang out with him, not just here but off the field. And um, you know, some guys some guys are more social than others, and he's more of a social uh, person. And I think I think the players just enjoy hanging out with him. Like a requirement, do you think for quarterbacks to be kind of no, no, it's not. What you need from quarterbacks is work ethic, toughness, and good decision making. And it helps though if the if the players like you. And I I think they do like Jake. After the ABC game, uh, you got a game ball. How cool was that? Yeah, that was nice. I didn't see that coming. And and Jeremy, I really appreciate that from Jeremy. And I think it it's um uh, symbolic uh, of the appreciation he has for the whole coaching staff. We've worked really hard this year and. And I really feel like that game ball was more for our staff and, and you know, the, the work that they've put in. Because it's a good group of guys. I'm really proud of each and every one of them, and I enjoy coming to work with them each day. So it was a nice, a nice surprise and a real honor, and, and the coaching staff was appreciative of it. Has anybody critiqued your dance? Yeah, lots of people have. <laughs> Mixed reviews. How, how would you assess it? Where did, that's a spur of the moment hey. impromptu dance. Hey. What, uh, I, I give it a six out of ten. I'll try to work on it a little bit in this uh, in the next few weeks. Hopefully, get more opportunities to do it. Have you the paid ball, attention sorry, at all to you know how Ryder Nation responded to Jake Noah Gallagher in that first win and what they're saying now? Uh, I I sense some positive vibes for sure. Um, I think I sense some positive vibes for the whole team. I thought it was a team win, and and really he was one of many guys who played well. We just felt like we needed a little more thump. That was the term we used all week. We need a little more physicality on special teams and on defense, and we felt like he could bring it, and he did. Um, so uh, it was one of those guys we've liked in practice. There's a couple others on our team that are like that, uh, that we just felt like, gosh, we got to see him in a game and see if he's as good as we think he can be, and so far, so good. Coached a handful of Labor Day Classics anymore. How do, how do you describe the feeling that in this city and uh, stadium when the game comes yeah it's a neat it's a neat week i mean it feels like um it's a bigger game for sure than other games you get you get good attendance i've heard today that we sold out at least i hope we have i know we're close um it just has a little more energy a little more uh, meaning it still counts the same in the standings uh, you still got to do the same things to win it but it just means a little more so we uh, usually don't have any trouble getting the guys motivated for this one. How excited is this team to face Winnipeg? Unfortunately, it's been a while. They've had your number recently. Yeah, they're a good team. They've had everybody's number. I mean, they're they're just a good team. And Zach Caleros has just played outstanding. I think he's having another MVP season. So, But our guys are excited. They, they're excited about playing the, the best team in the league. And, you know, arguably the best team. Toronto may have something to say about it. But it's one and two between those two teams. And, and they're excited to see how see how we match up. Uh, one, getting back to your post-game thing, I don't know. <laughs> your, we... your, your ball spin was like 
perfect. Was it? Where did? How did you? Well, you know, without, without any, uh... I didn't score too much as a player, so it wasn't from practice that way. <laughs> uh, I bowled a little bit as a kid, so maybe that's how I learned. I don't know. I, uh, but it was fun. It was a fun uh, locker room, and certainly we hope to have repeated scenes of that as the year goes on. Do you marvel at how football is just kind of a small world and how things can kind of come full circle? Your first starting quarterback as a head coach here was was Zach Kalaros. So yeah. Now you're on your third starting quarterback this year. It's yeah. just a... Yeah, football is a, it's a funny game and, and you don't want to ever burn bridges because you just never know where you're going to end up. And I'm certainly happy for Zach. His story is an amazing one, how he ended up in Winnipeg. Um, but the guy, you got to hand it to him. He's really taken his opportunity and run with it and, and really put together three, four, five great seasons. And, and he'll, he'll play well again on Sunday, so it'll be a tough game. How's he sign progressing? Good, good. I, I don't, he won't be ready this week for sure. Brett, but he's, he's progressing and we're optimistic that we'll get him back before long. That'll do it for the Sports Cage. Tomorrow we'll have Brett Lothar, we'll have Sam Amelis, Waldo's Warriors with uh, Paul Waldo. He uh, had a crying baby today, so a duty call, but we'll uh, have that. We'll also have uh, live from Jakarta, Indonesia with the FIBA World Men's Basketball Cup. Arash Madani, coast to coast for smart investing solutions. Uh, what else we got? We got a where are they now? We didn't get to today for floor coverings international. We'll hunt one of those down tomorrow. That and much, much more. Ethan Ball oh, is going to be joining us yeah. tomorrow. I'm going down to visit him tomorrow. Yep. Sean Kleisinger will be uh, doing the show with Blaine Weiland. Uh, Tomorrow and Friday as I'm headed down for my birthday weekend to watch my son uh, play Drake University with UND. And then we'll be back here talking to you again for the Labor Day Classic on Sunday. Have yourself a great day. And, yeah, I'll talk to you on Sunday. Today's Sports Cage has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.